And we are live. Love it. Well, yes, yes, we are live. Sabaha, uh, everybody. Welcome back to the channel. Um, my name is TK Bay, and it is Saturday morning with tech. This is episode 18. On, uh, this is the 2nd of May, if I'm not mistaken, of 2020. And uh, we're basically podcasting or live streaming today uh, to cover some of the good news, obviously, some of the main events that's going on this week. Uh, as well as also recapping some of the main things that I, you know, covered on the channel, and of course, future plans coming up. Um, as I let, you know, I'll, I'll get let people go a little bit uh, before they, you know they start showing up. I think comments show up in Streamyard. Uh, and hey, good morning, good morning. Uh, old Greg is running in, and um, uh, you know, as as some people were coming in, we'll go ahead and just kind of recapping certain things. Again, it is May second. Um, this is actually going to be also going uh, as far as an actual audio pot, uh, podcast. Uh, coming in a little bit later on, right after the show is over. Um, I did finally set this up. So last week during our podcast uh, with uh, you know Juan Carlos Bagnell, he he basically gave me a challenge to get people to basically keep reminding me to provide the show as an audio podcast. Uh, hey, uh, and then of course, uh, just good morning. Hey, Jonathan, good morning. And then, um, so I did actually set it up. It's on uh, Pine, uh, Pinecast, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But I also, one of the main things that I'm really, really excited about is the fact that I actually got it submitted over to uh, the Google Play podcast as well as iTunes. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Spotify as well. And so short, short answer is the show is now available on RSS feeds, on your favorite podcast application, or even actually podcasts, if you guys use that app. Um, so I got the, the show submitted and it is being uh, hosted. So from now on, as soon as the show is over, just enough time for me basically to download the audio podcast directly from StreamYard, uh, I'll be providing you guys with an audio version of the show. So you guys can listen to it later on or, of course, uh, check it out later. And hey, Josh Quinones is in the, the actual stream. Hey, bud, how you doing? And of course, Dave Burns is in there. Um, Hey, man, Max Lee's uh, teaching me how to use uh, oh, the DaVinci Resolve. That is nice. I like DaVinci. It's a great open source tool. Uh, as long as you find all, everything that you need out of it um, in the free version, I think it's great. Um, although there are some really cool features that are available in the paid version, but I think DaVinci is a great tool to learn, especially to start doing your video editing or setting up your channel. So some of the really cool things, I'm really happy to see that one there. Um, so in today's video, again, the live audio podcast will be available. It'll be in the description below after the show is over. So just be aware of that. But if you are subscribed to it on any of the either, you know, Google Play, iTunes, uh, you know, I think Pocket Casts or even, um, you know, uh, any of the other music services, you should be able to find it. I think it, it should be pretty good. Um, but I'm really excited this week because we had a few things going on. Um, there's a couple of things that I was actually really, really looking forward to. This is ever since like CES 2020. Um, I had the opportunity to check out a few devices from TCL. And if you're not familiar with TCL, TCL used to uh, basically uh, just basically uh, they're known for their TVs. Let's just sort of say that way. They make uh, TVs. They're great. Uh, they're the, those Roku TVs, generally inexpensive, providing you a great bang for the buck. And um, back at CES, we had the opportunity to see them going in basically as actually their own name brand for smartphones. So we're talking basically this guy. This is the TCL 10L. Um, now, they did show us a few uh, back at CES. There was the 10L, the 10 Pro, and the 10 5G. Um, Gregory, good morning. Uh, 
Hey, Ireland is in the house. Welcome, man. Welcome. Sabaho. Hey, we have another guy. Yeah, hey, hey. Good morning. Sabaho to everybody. Um, so today we're going to get a chance to talk a little bit about the T uh, the 10L. Uh, this isn't obviously a review. This is just more of an impressions of the device. I've had it for a couple of days. And we actually just got a major update this morning to the actual device. So they pushed out an update this morning. I just I got it installed. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But the also, the, of course, the main thing about the show that I want to talk about is the fact that there is a very good possibility that we will have always on display on, well, as an actual feature without rooting or modding our OnePlus devices natively supported within OnePlus phones. Um, and I'm talking about the feature that we used to have back in the day where OnePlus supported uh, always on displays. But then at some point, they started removing them, purposely removing them out of the actual system. Uh, and they're citing basically uh, battery optimizations and, of course, battery consumption. Uh, OnePlus's main motto is speed and long battery life. And one of the things, obviously, that they never wanted to do was essentially give you an experience where something is draining the battery and it's obviously not providing you the best experience. So those are the things that they wanted to kind of talk about that. But on top of that, we're also going to talk about the 15 most uh, requested ideas for their beta program. Um, and we'll talk, of, of course, also about the paid-up program and what that is. So uh, short answer as far as what we have today is it's going to be packed with a lot of information. We'll talk a little bit about, the again, the, 10, the 10L as well as the OnePlus 8 Pro. Um, speaking of the OnePlus 8 Pro, I'm not sure if you guys got a chance to, uh, to check that out. Um, I had an opportunity actually this week to do a live stream over on Amazon. And on Amazon's site, I was able to actually share with you guys uh, some really cool things about the, you know, the OnePlus 8 Pro. It's actually being sold by OnePlus on Amazon now. So the OnePlus 8 and the 8 Pro are available to, to either directly through OnePlus's website and or you can purchase. The, these are the unlocked models, by the way, not the carrier versions. So you guys can check those out there. Um, yeah, no, it, it's one of those things that, you know, you guys can definitely check out if you're interested. If you don't like to buy directly from, you know, uh, OnePlus's website, you can definitely check it out there. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the OnePlus, uh, well, not the OnePlus, the TCL 10L. Hey, George, good morning. Mobile geezers in the house. <laughs> hey. Um, and you guys probably already saw this. You saw a lot of uh, videos talking about it. Uh, actually, my buddy Josh, uh, Josh Quinone is there, uh, you know, as he says right there, let's go ahead and bring up his, his comment right there. So Josh is saying, I am very impressed with the phone so far, especially for that price. So what he's talking about is this is the, uh, what, you know, the 10L and the TCL 10L is actually uh, aiming to hit a very sweet spot when it comes to a phone. So this is for the most part going to be the budget line version of it. All three devices that they talked to us about in January uh, for the 10L, 10 Pro, or even the 10 5G were intended to be sub 500. We're talking sub $500, even at the 5G model. Uh, oh man, okay, so I'll, I'll double check in just a second with you, uh, Jonathan. And so here, this is the, uh, again, the 10L. The 10L has a basically more of the, I would say the entry level experience that you can expect from them. Uh, the unboxing experience is pretty straightforward. It's a 6.53 inch full HD display. So it's a 1080p panel. It does support HDR. The main sensor here is a 48 megapixel sensor with a 16 megapixel front facing camera. One of the main features here obviously is on top of the fact that we have a 4,000 milliamp battery. It's also that it's enabling us to connect up to four devices at the same time. So basically four headphones at the same time. Uh, and of course here we have the TCL 10L, nothing major on the back of the box. Uh, the included accessories are actually pretty cool. So we have a SIM removal tool and basically some instruction manuals here, nothing big. Sorry for the plastic. As you can see, the device is not in the box. Uh, we have a charger as well as a USB-C to USB type A. So now no micro USB cables. We're looking at USB-C all the way. Really happy about that, especially at the price point. It's anticipated to be somewhere around the $250. And of course, we have a standard USB, standard uh, US style. Uh, 
The 10L will be coming to the US market as well as the 10 Pro. Uh, we haven't heard yet from uh, TCL as to who's going to be carrying it. Uh, historically, we're there with their. Um, with their devices i think they used to actually have a, a sub brand that they used to sell and those are the alcatel devices and um what you used to get from them essentially devices that are sold on t-mobile and under that brand so essentially their branded uh devices will be sold there but tcl is going to be releasing here uh directly in the us market although the 5g will not be coming to them to the us so that's the box very good exciting stuff so we'll go ahead and put that one on the side but the actual device, again, very nice. There is a screen protector installed on it. Again, 6.53 inch full HD. Uh, we do have a fingerprint sensor, but if you noticed, it's on the back, an actual fingerprint sensor that you're able to use on the device. Swipe down to open up notifications. And of course, as you can see, the live stream is actually showing up on my notification. And of course, Josh is you know, showing some support right there on uh, Twitter as well. Uh, Native uh, dark mode, of course, since this is running Android 10.0, normal gestures, everything looks really nice, the deep flex. Uh, and of course, the cameras here are really good. I've installed a few games, trying to go ahead and start checking out some of the gaming prowess there. Um, got Netflix installed. We have the NTX Vision, which is a very interesting way of providing a much better, more colorful image uh, processing here. And of course, all of the stuff here we're looking at are very, very nice. So we have uh, I installed Prime Video, of course, uh, Twitter, Instagram, normal stuff, and for Call of Duty, Asphalt Nine, and a PUBG right away. And my my only and really really bad obsession, uh, TikTok, and of course, and Discord to get it, stay in touch with friends. Uh, the operating system, as I mentioned, is Android 10. Let's go ahead and bring up a few pictures here. Obviously, this is not going to be the best experience, but I want to share with you guys real quick so you can see basically how nice and vivid the colors are on this image. And you notice there's a little button there. That's that NTX option. You see how it actually kind of brightens and enhances the image. Uh, keep in mind, TCL is known for their TVs, so the display on this is going to be really one of the best. Even though it's not a QHD display, at 1080p, we're still getting really good images. Um, and you can see here the colors. This is uh, using the macro lens that they have on the back, a dedicated macro lens. Um, and of course, just looks really good. So let's go ahead and bring it in for you guys right there here. So this is actually the, the zooming option. A little bit pixelated. Again, this was the macro lens, but let's go ahead and bring up that actual flower. So here it is. So you can see definitely how the actual image looks like. So let's go ahead and turn off the NTX. So you'll notice there's a button right there. I can turn it off. It actually reduces the coloring. This is actually how it normally looks like. And if I turn it on, it just boosts the color. And it's part of the settings that we get there. So you get you get to see basically the main benefit of this device. Uh, I took a couple of pictures and of course, a picture of my cat here uh, stretching, of course, just to kind of like, why not? See how it actually does with pets. Uh, does support 4K 30 frames per second on the main sensor, and of course, 1080p 30 frames per second on the front-facing sensor. So we're not going to be disappointed. Uh, the processor is a Snapdragon 665, so it's a 6-series type of the uh, processor. Again, a budget device. A fingerprint sensor sitting on the back, and of course, a quadruple camera setup on the back with dual-tone LED flash on, on both sides. We'll go ahead and swipe back. Uh, we do have native Android 10.0 gestures, really nice. And again, keep in mind, budget-friendly price with a really good set of cameras. Um, and of course, here we have the Google Assistant on the left, or Google Now, and of course, categorized uh, app drawer, of course, with your more recent applications. Uh, as far as the actual settings, if we go in there and see the different categories, Network, sound, uh, NTX vision, that's that one that we were talking about before. And you can see kind of how it works. SDR to HDR for upscaling and, of course, reading mode that you're able to turn on to get a better experience when you're trying to use it just as a standard reading experience. So it's kind of like a, uh, a Kindle experience, if you'd like. Home screen and wallpapers, you can customize them, of course. And I really like the fact that natively out of the box, we have a swipe down to open notification. Everything is great. 
Um, one thing you want to be aware of, obviously, you probably saw this thing. It says feedback tool. Uh, this is not a standard app. It's not going to be part of the retail package. Uh, the devices that we have, and I think Josh probably has the exact same situation. Uh, he has. Uh, this is basically a pre-production device, so we're getting them. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's going to be. So, um, so for Robert's question here, he's asking like who sells it. So let's let's go ahead and bring up some of these really cool comments. So, so it's going to be going for around about two hundred and fifty bucks exactly. That's that's the anticipated price point. Uh, so he, Josh obviously has been trying it out. He also has the S twenty Ultra, and he's definitely impressed with that a lot. So we definitely keep an eye out. Uh, we're going to see obviously some more videos going to be covering this. This lot of the a uh, lot of the tech reviewers finally just got uh, you know these, these devices a few days ago. Uh, we have Matt Tyler in the house as well, uh, <laughs> uh, and you know he, he stopped by to say hi, and he'll be back in about an hour. So we'll see him in a little bit. And just as a heads up for you guys, um, tomorrow afternoon uh, Pacific Standard Time, if you guys are familiar, I'll be actually. Uh, well, <laughs> why am I talking with the hands on? Um, I'm actually going to be going on Matt Tyler's podcast with uh, one of his buddies. So if you guys are looking forward to that, please make sure to hit me up. Um, we'll obviously be tweeting it and keeping keeping you guys on the loop to know exactly when we're going to go live with that. But I'm really excited about that. We'll be joining him and uh, just actually getting a chance to hang out and just talk. And we'll see. We'll uh, we'll see how things go and what are some of the things they would like to chit chat about. And we'll go from there. Um, but yeah, let's go do that. And then the other thing I wanted to double check here. <laughs> Is uh, yeah. Where do they sell it online? So that's the question. Sorry, that's what I was trying to go back. Robert's asking here. So, um, right now we don't have a word from them. Uh, but if there's any indication from where their previous brands used to be, at least they used to sell under T-Mobile Store. So my hope essentially is that we'll see it in the T-Mobile Store. I don't know if they will. This is again based on previous experience. This is the first time they're going in with their name on their own. So basically, this is an actual TCL phone in the U.S. market. So. 10L and the 10 Pro will be coming, both obviously a sub 500. This is going to be closer to the 250 price point. Again, it is a six series processor, but again, you're getting a 48 megapixel sensor in the back, 4K 30 frames per second, a 1080p panel that just looks fantastic. Video looks really good. Um, we still have, and this is again, a headphone jack. We actually have a full-fledged headphone jack built into this. Uh, the 10 uh, the 10 Pro will have an IR blaster, but this one does not. But it has actually, obviously, in one of the microphones. Uh, we have a smart button here that gives us the ability of customizing experiences. Uh, now, this is a little bit different than what we've seen on, say, on, on uh, like, you know, um, I would say maybe the, the LG device where it's basically a one-button function, meaning if I press the button once, uh, let's go ahead. I'm pressing the wrong button. So we'll launch the assistant. But if I double press the button, I'm actually able to turn on the flash. And you notice here it's a double flash and it turns them off. And you can customize this. So if I here, I'll put it in, double press the, the button again, and I can turn it off. But if I press and hold, I can actually take a screenshot. I can customize these three different things, all, of course, uh, in the actual UI when we're going through it. So a really nice smart button, and it actually is a very nice multifunction button. You can really map it to almost anything you want. Uh, camera shortcut is still there. If you double press the power button, that will launch the camera. That's normal. Uh, we have modes, different options here. Uh, and what you're getting here, obviously, is the, uh, HD, uh, the high pixel is where you're able to basically use the sensor, the full 48 megapixel sensor in the back uh, to be able to take some nature shots. So that's really good for more nature shots and big, sh I would say, uh, things that are not necessarily moving, but where you want the additional detail because you want to be able to crop in later on. Uh, video mode, as I mentioned to you guys, we can go into the settings real quick. And video resolution here, 4K 30 frames per second will be the maximum, 480 30 at the bottom. And of course, uh, we do have EIS, no OIS. So electronic image stabilizations, no OIS. But again, 
price point. Yeah, you'll have to kind of set it up. Uh, we do have a wide angle lens here, of course, to be able to get in some of those beautiful wide, wide, wide angle shots. I'll go back, I took a picture there. And of course, uh, what we can do here is switch over to the front and you guys could see the uh, camera. That's you guys right there. Uh, we can actually turn it on here. And of course, we have maximum resolution is 1080p at 30, of course, all the way down there. Uh, face beauty is an option you can turn on and turn off. Video stabilization is again EIS, uh, volume function, grid line, and of course you could turn on all the other options. Uh, there is a watermark out of the box, so if you guys do get this device and you notice there's a watermark, just go under the auto mode, which is the automatic mode for images, go into the settings, and then let's just find it real quick. I think I, last time I saw it, Sharma uh, storage grid and Oh, I think I'm still in the video section. No, I am in the auto mode. I, I am, I am. I know it's in there. Uh, there is a button there that says uh, signature or, oh, here it is, sorry. So here's the watermark button. So anytime you do that, any picture you take, it will basically take it. And of course, if you want to turn on or turn off the shutter sound or mirror it. All in all, I think my initial impression of this device are actually quite positive, realistically. For the price point, we're getting literally about a 6.5 inch display. It's a 1080p display plus. Uh, the launcher is actually very nice. It's pretty smooth. Uh, gaming experience, one thing that I would say at this point from the, um, <laughs> uh, towards the, yeah. So uh, as far as the actual gaming experience, I did get a chance to launch PUBG on this. Uh, so again, be aware, obviously the processor is not gonna be able to handle the same level of, uh, you know, uh, I would say throughput that you're able to get, let's say on an 865, uh, or even actually a seven series type of processor. So just expect that it is gonna work. And there is a gaming center in here. Let's switch back real quick. I wanna share that with you guys. So if we swipe up and just look for game, so let's go ahead and put that in. So here, game, I'll give it a second and it should, I found it last time. Uh, let's go ahead and bring it back. Here it is, game mode. I don't know why I didn't find it. So we have the ability of blocking notification, consistent, uh, by, you know, obviously fixing the uh, the brightness level. Double check, uh, double check the uh, for gestures. Uh, disable three finger screen capture so you don't accidentally initiate something. Disable the smart key in case you want to play it and don't want to actually push it. There is a game turbo built in that you do need to turn on, and by default it is not. So that will help improve the gaming experience right out of the box. And of course, if you just launch the game, it automatically turns on, as it says right there. Game mode is on. And if we go into the settings, we'll go into graphics, high resolution. Uh, so high and smooth is the highest we can go. And we actually cannot go up to HD. So even though this is a 1080p panel, I'm hoping that there'll be more of a support on this. And mostly because this device is, yeah, officially it actually hasn't actually even been released yet. So initial impressions, uh, very nice. Uh, haven't had a chance to run it through the, the through its spaces yet. Uh, the speaker is a mono speaker, so just be aware of that. Uh, but again, headphone jack, Bluetooth connectivity up to five devices. Uh, the display does have that NTX option to turn on, which gives you the ability of getting some really nice, uh, I would say basically color optimizations, kind of like a vivid color where the colors look a little bit more popping on, on the image as far as when you're looking at it, just from regular even standard images or even videos. So I'm really liking that one. Um, if you're impressed with that, that so yeah, no, so Mobile Geezer here, George is uh, talking about, yeah, I, I think for the price that it's offering us, I think this is a great uh, price for a smartphone that you can actually use. And again, for normal things, 4K 30 frames per second. Uh, we have triple cameras, quadruple camera set up on the back, high megapixel sensor in the front. Uh, and of course, the display is the, literally the biggest thing. And we have a 4,000 milliamp battery built into this device. So it's not a small battery by any means. They are using the full size. A fingerprint sensor is really fast and reliable. This is a standard fingerprint sensor. There's no question that those will always work more, uh, you know, sustainably, I would say, or more realistically. There is face unlock. So let's go ahead and just put that in there. Let's lock it. 
and it does work quite fast. So that's one of the other things. So face unlock, fingerprint unlock, uh, dark mode. I did receive an update for it this morning. And again, about roughly 250 bucks. Hopefully we'll be in some carriers and may just be on online retailers. Again, we'll have to find out a little bit more in the middle of May. So we'll see how that one goes. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I'm really impressed with the way they're able to provide that set of features. Uh, it's a budget phone, but it offers us a lot of good things. So hopefully we'll have a video on that in the near future as far as the review for uh, the, again, the 10, uh, TCL 10L. There's two L's in it, the TCL, 10L. So yeah, and I'm not sure what the L stands for. So I'm not sure there, but let's go ahead and jump over real quick. Uh, Josh is basically saying, I see I see, I see this as more of a budget mid-range form, performs better than the budget for, for a budget phone, definitely. Um, yeah, no, it's priced and it's uh, geared to be that way. I mean, the six series of processors for a Snapdragon are definitely uh, more than capable of providing you at a day-to-day, -day, basically normal data consumption, uh, everything that you normally want to be able to do on a smartphone. And it will play games. It's not that it's not playable. It just be aware that if you're if you're used to using high resolution, you know, obviously 60 frames per second for PUBG and so on, there are some things that you need to kind of uh, tailor to this experience. So that would be my only thing. Not a bad experience, but definitely a good one. Um, similar hardware to the Mi A3. Sorry, let's go bring this over. Goron saying it has some similar hardware to the Mi A3. TCL doesn't have Gorilla Glass uh, or UFS 2.1 storage. I need to test that out a little bit. And um, actually, let's go ahead and do this. Uh, since I technically we can just download that here. I'm gonna put Android Android Bench. So here, Android Bench. Yeah. So as we're talking about that, I'll let you know exactly which one it is because I can actually just download Android Bench right now. And here we are. So we'll go ahead and test out the storage for you as we speak. Uh, and I'm downloading the uh, Android Bench right now. Uh, no no mention of the actual UFS store, the type of storage that we have right now. They just they didn't give us that specific uh, detail. So let's go ahead and open it up. So yes, we'll go ahead and confirm, give it access. Android Bench was not built to this yet. So anytime you're running Android Bench on a device that runs Android 10.0, you're going to be getting this. So I would not use this as the full 100%. This is exactly what this is, uh, but I would definitely just you know use this as a recommendation. So let's go ahead and run the benchmarks. I'll say yes. I'll give it a second to finish. Uh, again, I did install the update that got pushed out this morning. So Josh, if, if you haven't seen it yet on your smartphone, you should be able to download that and get that running on the on the phone. Uh, USB, uh, I'll have to double check on the USB 3.0. Actually, the spec sheet doesn't actually mention USB 3.0. So let me double check there. Give it a second there. And almost done. Almost there. This lens. And here we are. I uh, don't need to submit anything. So let's go ahead and look at the actual data itself. Uh, so sequential write is 302, 200, so 239. Yeah, I. I the, the so the storage obviously again mid-range budget budget friendly device this is not going to be running the fastest internal storage but it should be again capable of supporting the 4k 30 that we have supported with the main sensor that we have in the back so i wouldn't worry about it as far as overall again i wouldn't necessarily uh say that you know for 250 dollars we would be able to get that type of specification so we'll have to see it oh yeah good so josh got the update as well uh so for 250 definitely cannot Cannot really complain, um, and I'm not saying I want to complain about it. I'm, it's more about the uh, basically just what to expect. When we think of the device, it's really geared to be in that 
price point. So it's a great device for, let's say, getting as a first device for somebody. I would probably say it's a good device also for getting it for, let's say, our parents or somebody that needs a phone that carries them on the day-to-day -day activities, yeah, browsing the internet, social media, taking pictures. Um, you know, those are things are obviously going to be great. Is it so far impressing me that say that this is better than a Pixel? That's yet to be determined. Uh, but as far as the actual functionality, the smart button, I think, is a very good feature. The fingerprint sensor and not having an in-display fingerprint sensor, meaning they didn't opt to give us a uh, basically a mixed experience for the fingerprint sensor. They went with a solid performer. The fingerprint sensor or the actual physical fingerprint sensor will always work great. Um, and of course, having face unlock, the sound on this is actually pretty good. Uh, we can actually play a quick song for you guys. I normally play a song on my videos. I don't know if you guys... If anybody in the audience actually uh, definitely listened to it, uh, Moto Edge Plus, the Moto Edge Plus obviously it's uh, Aditya. Hey, welcome, Aditya Anil is in the in the in the stream. Welcome, man. Welcome. Let's go ahead and play NCS Jumbo. So this is going to be just again audio quick sample just to kind of show you guys what it sounds like. I'll wait for the actual ad to finish. There's always ads as you got, and there's two ads this time. So let's close this one, and then as soon as this is done. Okay, we're going to pause and we're going to go full volume on media. So let's go ahead and play. So this is NCS. This is called Alex Grindo Jumbo on an NCS release. Let's go ahead and bring this up here. And as you can see, it's a single firing speaker. That's the bottom one right here. Not too bad. Uh, I'm not going to say this is the very, it's not a very bassy sound. Uh, that definitely sounds a little bit more flat as far as the profile. It should do better with audio as far as, you know, words whenever you're actually using it for speaker, but I wouldn't necessarily say that this sounds as a very bass heavy. No stereo and definitely a decent, I mean, it does get loud enough. So as you guys heard, I'm hoping you guys heard it very nicely. It is a little bit tinny. Yeah, uh, it's not, again, single fire speaker, uh, and this is definitely a budget friendly. So again, just I would say uh, adjust the expectations to the 250 price point, And I think this definitely will perform much, much better, of course. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, here it is. Yeah, no, definitely not bad at all. Uh, so hopefully we'll find out a little bit more. Uh, I, my understanding is it, it, uh, it's going to be coming out sometime in May. We'll find out more as far as price as actual final pricing. And of course, if it does end up going to a retail or if it goes out to basically, you know, T-Mobile or Carrier. And at that point, that's when we'll probably start seeing some combos and purchasing options, so on. So generally, that that's also going to be really cool because when um, if you guys remember when LG first came out on T-Mobile like about a month or so uh, when it first actually became officially available, uh, they did do a buy one, get one free, even on the, uh, you know, LG V60. So very, very nice. Uh, let's go ahead and double check here. Yeah. Uh, my uh, my OnePlus is buzzing with the actual uh, options here. So um, the other thing actually I do want to share with you guys, and that's going to be coming up a little bit later this week. Um, I did end up pick up uh, picking up the actual uh, the wireless Bullet Z. I don't know if you guys are familiar, obviously. Um, OnePlus announced and released uh, a few things. Uh, so we'll go ahead and put the TCL on the side a little bit. So uh, OnePlus announced and released uh, the OnePlus the Wireless Bullet Z. These are, this is basically, I would say, the more budget version of their wireless bullets. Uh, it was announced at the same time as the 8 Pro. So here is the 8 Pro. Uh, but this is actually supposed to be selling for about 50 bucks. So that's going to be something interesting as far as the price point, because their normal bullets wireless are, are not off the site. You can actually still pick those up for about 100 bucks. 
and these are going to be basically providing us, uh, you know, ten hours worth of music for ten for for basically ten minutes, up to twenty hours of playtime. So essentially, should be able to charge this up within twenty to thirty minutes. Um, the overall headphones are actually nice. Initial impressions, honestly. As a pair of headphones for 50 bucks, using them with the OnePlus 8 Pro, there are specific options and features built into the OnePlus 8 Pro that give you the better experience in here. So I would definitely recommend getting these if you're picking up the OnePlus 8 Pro. Um, I need to test a little bit more with other devices because I've seen the reviews online. They're talked about the actual OnePlus, uh, the, the wireless bullet Zs, and then some of them are saying that they sound they don't sound as good as possible. Uh, but I noticed that some people were testing this out with an iPhone and obviously testing it out with different devices. So I would say, obviously, headphones are supposed to work with any device that you connect them to. Uh, but it, one thing we obviously have learned over time is that these are intended to work best with a OnePlus device. And again, what I mean by that is if you go into the settings tab, uh, yeah, no, exactly. So Josh picked up a couple of those, uh, picked up, uh, you know, these, and they're very nice. So let's go ahead and switch over real quick to the camera. So as you know, OnePlus devices or OnePlus wallets, if you separate them, the audio connects, you'll notice right there, there's a battery indicator, tells me how much battery I have left here. I'll go ahead into the settings, sound and vibration, earphone mode here. And of course we have live caption, but if we could jump in here, uh, there is actually some additional features that you can see. So you'll obviously hear so speaker ID, caller ID, audio tone. But if you go into the Dolby settings, there is a set specific section right here. Let me go ahead and bring it up for you guys. Earphone and sound enhancement for Android, uh, sorry, here for uh, for adapted the OnePlus Bullets Z, specifically on the OnePlus 8 Pro. So again, special features, and it definitely sounds a lot better here. Uh, I'd still, again, have to test it out with other devices, other smartphones, uh, other, I would say basically Samsung. I can even test them out, obviously, with the TCL. Uh, but my goal essentially was to kind of share with you guys the experience of how do they compare to the standard bullets? Uh, because a lot of people probably already purchased the standard bullets before. Is it worth picking these guys up for 50 bucks? Right now, from about 24 hours worth of usage, this is a major win, um, mostly because I'm using them with the OnePlus 8 Pro. So again, mainly that's the main experience. If you're a OnePlus user, you like them, I think you're going to definitely appreciate them. But again, uh, more videos on that will be coming later on this week. This is the wireless bullet Z sell for 50 bucks on Amazon site. I'm very happy with the way they did that. That's actually quite a good, um, I, you know, initially I was, I, I was a little bit confused. Why would they release a pair of headphones that's cheaper in a sense than the standard bullets? Because you normally want to introduce to true wireless. Everybody thought we were getting true wireless headphones from OnePlus this year. And of course we saw the, uh, the, 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 the Willard Z, which obviously are more budget friendly. So for me overall, I think they're very nice. Uh, but again, you need to test it out and we'll use them a little bit. Um, so the camera, did we talk about the, did we talk about the cameras? Uh, so here, uh, Aditya has, has a quick question on the camera for the TCL. Uh, initially, what we talked about here uh, is is that the the cameras that we have here, obviously, we have a main mega main sensor as a forty eight megapixel sensor, uh, and we're able to get some good pictures right now in good lighting. I haven't had a chance to run uh, low light and some of the other options. Uh, the features that you get in here is you have the full sensor. You're able to take a full sensor image with the forty eight megapixel. You have the wide angle lens. The front facing camera is actually not bad. Let's go ahead and switch over real quick. Got to head out, bro. Okay, so uh, yeah. Nice seeing you, Josh. Of course, uh, we'll talk a little bit more. Uh, Twitter, Jake. Hey, good morning, bud. Good morning. Um, so here, uh, DTA, let's go ahead and switch back in. Face a lock works great. Uh, so we, 
I did actually record a little bit of uh, PUBG. I was actually playing this morning. Uh, so there is a native video recorder, which is also really nice. So you can definitely see how the cameras look really, like the color actually uh, representation is really nice. And they also have NTX uh, vision here. So if I turn it off, you can kind of see here that some of the shadows actually do get to show up. So you can turn it on. And of course, the images look a lot better. I didn't get a chance to take it through spaces. It was very windy yesterday. and But I want to share with you guys real quick here. So let's go wide angle. So here. This is just a, a quick uh, image of the backyard. It was very nice, but it was just definitely very, very windy. Too windy for me to actually take uh, too many pictures. But you can see the detail in here. So look, the grain on the wood, and it looks really nice. Overall, again, for 250 I really can't complain about a device that is literally trying to provide us a good mid-range experience at a budget-friendly, obviously, device. Full fingerprint sensor on the back. So really cool. Let's go ahead and switch over back. But. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about what, what I wanted to kind of cover for you guys today. Uh, <laughs> David Burns. Uh, David Burns love. Yeah. So I, I'm a big PUBG fan. I, I, so don't get me wrong. I play PUBG. I play Fortnite, Call of Duty. Those are, you know, first person shooters are definitely one of my games that I love playing, especially fast paced ones. So I definitely want to see how it performs on the six series of processors here. This is, again, the six series of processors from uh, Qualcomm. So it's a Snapdragon, not a MediaTek. That's also a different shift because some of the other devices that uh, TCL in the past have used, they've generally used MediaTek processors. And this time, they're going with the Alcatel and, um, I'm sorry, with the, uh, obviously, with the Snapdragon one. And that's one of the other things that they're doing. Their, their 5G model, which hopefully will be available in Europe, uh, will be featuring the 765 chipset, which will have, obviously, the 5G technology in there. Amen. Any, any, anytime, anytime, bud. I'm happy that you're able to join us on this. Uh, so uh, I keep hearing that the, uh, here, let's go jump over real quick. So Harvey's asking a quick question first. Good morning, Harvey. I keep hearing uh, good and bad uh, with the sound. So the sound, I, it's loud enough for you to be able to use it for audio. I don't think this is a loud enough deep sound. It's a mono speaker on the bottom right. Let's go ahead and switch back real quick here. So it basically, it's this is the bottom firing speaker. This one is just a mirrored for symmetry uh, kind of a look. And I think this is basically one of the other microphones, the camera microphones. USB-C here. The headphone jack is on the top. We do have a headphone jack. But uh, the sound wasn't very bassy. It does sound loud, and you are able to enjoy that. But it, it did end up being a little bit tinny. And um, let's go ahead and do it one more time. Sorry if you had it, if you if you didn't catch it. So I, I play I'm playing a bassy song. This is called Jumbo by NC uh, by Alex Scrindo. So normally this would be a little bit more bassy. Not a bad experience, but I wouldn't necessarily call this out to be the best uh, sounding speaker. So for me, I feel like because we have a headphone jack, I think we, we're probably going to be more gravitating towards using the headphone jack there. And of course, up to four different headsets connected at the same time via the Bluetooth connectivity there. So I'm really happy about that. But I'm, hopefully I answered your question there, uh, Harvey, and I'm hopefully that that was a good enough answer. Um, so uh, Goran, uh, here, let me just bring it up here. Yes, no, definitely. Goran, thank you. You, Thank you. You're being very nice. Hey, that's an HTC. Is that an M7? No, that's an M9, right? Oh, man. Hey, Goran, what, what, which HTC phone do you have on your uh, on your avatar? I'd, I'd be interested. Uh, yeah, so for David Burns, uh, definitely very nice to have a headphone jack. I think we want to have, obviously, more devices with headphone jacks. LG, is, for me at least, has been spoiling me with headphone jacks. So for me, this is definitely a big thing. Uh, and Steve DeRoche. Hey, Steve, did I miss Steve? 
Oh, good morning. Hey, Sabaho. <laughs> hey, good morning. Welcome to the welcome to the show, man. I appreciate you joining us. Yes. So, uh, and then uh, let's bring it one more time here. Hey, good morning, uh, Lalit. Good morning, Kumar. <laughs> good morning, Alan. Oh, man, Para is as well. Hey, and then Goran. Oh, the M7. It is the M7. Yeah, I have my M7. Uh, my M7 is a, the silver co uh, color of the M7. It's the OG uh, boom sound HTC front facing speakers that just blew you away right out of the box. You know, that was like the best experience there. A f small phone physically, you know, now by comparison, but I'm, I'm really happy with the fact that it existed as a device. And then uh, Harvey, let's bring up Harvey. Okay, I see. Yeah, the headphone jack seems to be, be a saver in here, definitely. And I'm glad that they did. They included it. Uh, we did, we're not losing it. <laughs> can, can, can't get the, the Da Vinci sound. Uh, oh, man. Double check your drivers. Make sure you have your drivers installed correctly and uh, go into the settings and make sure that you have the right inputs if you're talking about is it just a playback or if it's just the audio from the actual video. Hopefully, it, it, that fixes it. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, OnePlus. OnePlus is is stepping up their game. And and um, so let's talk a little bit about the history of the always-on display. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, here, bring it to um, the uh, Arlan Mirza, your views on the iPhone SE. Um, right now, I think if you're in the iPhone ecosystem and you're looking into getting a budget-friendly phone from Apple, I think the SE is very much a win as far as the price point for three ninety nine. Um, as long as again, it depends on the form factor and what you're what you're comfortable with. Uh, if you're looking for something that you're okay with the with the form factor, it's a smaller form factor for three ninety nine. Great cameras, both the front facing and the back facing cameras. Uh, the UI, everything is running the latest. Obviously, it's running the A thirteen Bionic chipset, so it's not going to disappoint. Uh, but I would say as long as you're looking for that spe specific type of experience and it's tailored to fit the 399. So there are some corners that they needed to cut. But again, it's tailored to fit into that 399. But it gets you into the uh, the Apple ecosystem, Apple Watch, HomeKit, all of the things that you normally want to do with an iPhone at the iPhone, basically at an iPhone 8 size type of a phone. And there are obviously some really nice optimizations. IP67 in there. We also have wireless charging. And uh, definitely very nice. I, I'm really happy with what they did. I think they offer us a very good, um, I think, experience for that for that 399. So if you're looking for it and you like it, I think it's definitely a really, really nice device to check out. Um, Let's check it. So Ernie's in here. Hey, TK, what's, uh, was there any mention about the version of Android? It comes with uh, about half a year update support. Uh, it does come up. So I'm assuming you're talking about the 10L. And uh, let me know, Ernie, if I'm, if I'm mistaken. It does come out with Android 10.0, native gesture support, as well as dark mode. Uh, haven't heard officially if they're going to be supporting it for just a half a year. I think, uh, I think it's one... I think the standard is supposed to be two years uh, as far as operating system updates. Uh, and overall, some uh, most manufacturers will go to three years with security patch updates. Uh, but I'll reach out to TCL to make sure to get that at least with the final uh, release overall as far as the, uh, specifically to the 10L. Again, it's a $250 version uh, as far as the actual device. So budget-friendly. My hope is at least uh, we'll be able to see Android 11 uh, on this, obviously, since it's running Android 10 out of the box. But I don't know 100% to be able to answer that. But uh, if I do find that out, uh, hit me up on Twitter, and I'll, I'll try to give that answer for you, hopefully, very soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he kind of uh, jumped at, right by that there. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about OnePlus. So OnePlus and 
so there's a few things that OnePlus has had over years that have always kind of uh, been, I would say, the fan favorite that we never got, but we always wanted. And what we're talking about, obviously, is uh, we've always wanted wireless charging. We've always seen OnePlus devices. You know, they've had the, the, the I would say they've had the space for it, not necessarily the, the, the technology wasn't really ready in their words. Um, so when they went over to the, with the six line of the virus, the six T, I think was it when they went with the fingerprint sensor under the display, uh, everybody was like, okay, so you no longer have a fingerprint sensor in the back. Why don't we have wireless charging? We have asked for it from the seven pro to seven T the seven, the seven T pro McLaren edition. And then we finally got it with the eight pro. So the eight pro has wireless charging and everybody's happy about that. And I personally am very happy because not only did they bring it, but they also brought it in with wireless, uh, 30 watt wireless charging, which is really, really fast. So I'm really happy with that. Uh, the other thing that we obviously saw there is that they wanted, or we've always wanted an always on display. Historically, OnePlus used to include always on display as a standard. It's part of Android. It's not something that they needed to develop. Android normally has an always on function. Uh, you know, obviously, you see many other devices. Uh, Xiaomi phones have it. Uh, Huawei has it. Uh, even you know, standard Pixel line devices, they have an always on display. It's not that it's a hidden feature. But OnePlus has always basically um, removed its citing battery optimizations and battery consumption. So one of the things that we saw that came out a couple of days ago, which is definitely very nice. Uh, so I, actually, so Par says that question, and I'll come and ask. So I'm going to answer that question for you as far as the display issues. I personally haven't seen that, but we're obviously going to talk a little bit more about some of the concerns that people are talking about the 8 Pro uh, in a second. So I'm not going to, I'm not ignoring you. I'm just, I, I just want to finish up with the statement. Uh, some of the things that we just saw a day or so ago, let's go ahead and bring that up here, uh, is that essentially OnePlus put out a request saying they wanted to hear what the community, OnePlus community is very strong. And what they wanted to see from people is what is it that they wanted to get on the device? What, what is it that you're trying to see? Uh, do you, what features do you want to see in the beta program? And if you're not familiar with it, OnePlus runs a very good, successful beta program on most of their devices. And what essentially it's doing, it's providing you sneak peeks, early hands-on with new features that are going to be coming to the stable line. What we run out of the box is the stable version of Android, and you're able to sign up and install and download and install the beta version of the uh, of OnePlus ver uh, software for Oxygen OS, and just basically keep going on that cycle. Now, that means generally we'll have a little bit of issues, but at the end of the day, when they're stable enough, they become available on the stable channel. So what I want to do here, let's here, share screen. Yeah, I want to share my screen, and I want to share the second screen here. So let's go ahead and share that. Uh, Hey, it does work. I'm learning new tricks every day. So uh, let's go ahead and look a little bit more about uh, on this one. So let's go ahead and do this guy. So first thing you'll notice, obviously, there was the top 15 beta ideas of what they wanted in there. I can tell you right now that the most requested feature has been the always on display. Uh, in the past, we've had to root for it, but now we don't need to anymore. But some of the other options that we've seen here, and at least OnePlus is definitely acknowledging them, is... Um, Having uh, using edge notification for lighting, so basically using the light on the edge of the device to give us notification, as opposed to using an always on display. So that's one of the other options. OnePlus Dex, uh, and what they're talking about here, obviously, is uh, this is not necessarily Dex in the sense of obviously Samsung software. They're talking about specifically having a better UI for Android 10 or Android 11 desktop mode. The current version right now, which is surprisingly for me at least, with the OnePlus 8 Pro actually works pretty well. I did that with my uh, my live stream a couple of days ago. You're able to actually launch it. You just need to force it in developer options and you're able to go in there. But they're obviously asking 
to get it a little bit better, I would say better, uh, I would say better packaged. Uh, so as opposed to having to buy a separate launcher to get it to kind of work, there are other options you can turn on. Uh, but again, I mean, LG was able to do it right out of the box in their device. So there's no reason why I feel like OnePlus can't focus on that. Uh, but one of the other things that they did, let's go ahead and switch back over here. Uh, they want to have native call recording. Again, they're they're basically requesting a lot of things that we normally needed root for. And I really appreciate the fact that people are voicing their opinions. Um, so let's go and double uh, venue April beautiful. <laughs> yeah, Harvey's uh, I like appreciate it, man. And uh, the other thing, obviously, here is the ability of actually having to use Google Apps instead of custom ones. Um, and this has been kind of a debate depending on who you talk to. Uh, some obviously a lot of devices and a lot of OEMs these days. Let's go ahead and bring back here. Um, Let's go ahead here. So when we talk about OEMs, there's been always a debate talking about why do we have duplicate applications? And this happens quite often. Like you'll have a device that gets released, then uh, you know they'll have a gallery app, and then there is the Google Photos application. Uh, they'll have uh, their own video player, and of course other other functionalities working there. And generally, what ends up happening is you're having multiple apps for same functions. And what people are asking here is they want to be able to have the option when they're installing, when you're first setting up your device, and you get basically a question or a basically a part of the UI says, do you want to use Google apps or do you want to use OnePlus apps? So at that point that you don't have to worry about using, you know, uh, OnePlus's Oxygen OS file manager, or you want to use Google files as opposed to just using one over the other. Uh, but, you know, it's, it is one of those things that you want to keep in mind. So uh, let me see, solid new features. Yeah, dude. So Steve's talking about, yeah, no, some of these things that we're looking in are very, very, I, I, in my opinion, I think things that we've wanted for quite some time. And if we switch over real quick here, uh, so I'll hide that. Uh, you'll notice that right about like number six, API support for Gcam. They want to have Gcam support natively as opposed to having to uh, basically get a modified version of the Gcam uh, application to run on OnePlus devices. And if, you, uh, if you're familiar with OnePlus and as far as the historically, what people have done, whenever a OnePlus device comes out, they generally first and foremost start looking for Gcam mods because uh, they obviously get in better performance from the camera uh, from Gcam historically uh, than what you normally get with the standard app. And what I would say at this point is that actually the OnePlus 8, well, the OnePlus 8 Pro is definitely giving us better experience when it comes to camera. OnePlus is learning a little bit more generation over generation and improvements. And that's one of the things. They can always improve the camera application, but having it natively supported, that that's a big game changer if OnePlus decides to go there. Because what we say here essentially is that you're able to just literally copy the APK from a pixel and not have to have it adapted. And there's no settings to be uh, configured there. And it'll work natively. So uh, they could also even use that as their native cam. But I think there's some concerns there, mostly because of the fact that obviously it's a Google application. It's not part of Android. This is something that they did specifically. So we'll have to see there. Uh, but yeah, I, it's why are we screaming? I, I don't know. Why I'm, I'm hopefully that's not me, but we'll have to see. Gcam actually worked uh, worse on mine, so it depends. Yeah, so like I said, it, it's not always the situation. Historically, that's why people have done it. I think I did that on the Seven Pro, um, and I think it's mostly because of the the way the Gcam software is done. But you have to make sure that you enable the right settings file, David. I'm hoping that you're you didn't did you load the configuration file, the right configuration file for it? And if it, did, it still gives you problems, um, I would probably maybe wait for the update to the next version. We'll have to see. Um, yeah. So one. Yeah. So here, that that's another good question. So uh, Jack Jack Babington, uh, uh, Babington. Sorry. Uh, I'd like to see an actual theme engine. So you know, uh, definitely. It's <laughs> what about what about the Moto Edge Plus? I would. I you know, 
I've seen a lot of interesting things about it. I haven't had a chance to get to check, to check it out. So unfortunately, I don't have a lot of information for you there. Uh, but from what I've seen, it's a basically a thousand dollars version of a flagship of what Motorola thinks uh, they should be able to offer. And there's some obviously pluses and minuses. I think if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, what's it called? Michael Fisher put out a video on that yesterday. So it's definitely something to check out there. Uh, and see why you know if it is worth spending. There are some concerns I think if I wasn't if I'm not mistaken that he talked about. Uh, but you know the things like this one switch over one more time. So here, so AMOLED dark obviously is really really nice. Custom fingerprint animation obviously we already have those things. I don't know why they send then. I guess they want more uh, real time weather uh, wallpaper. So those things you can also download from the App Store this, uh, or from the Google Play Store. This is not something very unique. Uh, real one handed mode. That's something I think that would definitely be beneficial. Boosted capability for the slide alert. I think customizations would be really good. But the last two options are very interesting to me. So adopting a battery charging limit of 80%, meaning not allowing the device to charge above 80 to extend or basically give you a longer battery life. Um, and of course, uh, the ability of actually having variable charging speeds. So for that one, I'm actually going to... Um, let me go ahead and jump out of this, uh, this view. We'll jump back here. Now... The OnePlus 8 Pro does support variable uh, charging speeds. It's part of the settings. It does actually, you need to turn it on. But I think this one is specifically requesting to kind of just give you that feature. Um, if you also use the wireless charger, you're able to turn on something called bedtime mode that slows down the wireless charging from 30 watts down to a standard 10 watts. So you, there are things you can do to change the configuration. And the battery limiter, I think, is something that is interesting. Uh, but 80%, I would have probably gone up to basically about 90. So basically, as long as you keep your battery roughly between uh, you know 10 to 8 to 90 degree, at 90%, that's generally going to give your battery lasting a lot longer, not letting it stay at 100% too long or let it die too often. So those things are always helpful. Uh, but yeah, uh, those are some of the things that are coming out that I'm really interested in, specifically the always on display. So hopefully we'll be able to see it as soon as, um, and if I'm not, this is me quoting OnePlus, mostly not quoting, speculating on OnePlus aside, uh, based on history. Uh, last year with Android 10.0, as soon as the beta version of Android 10 came out, OnePlus released their first, basically their alpha version of Android 11 or Android 10 back then. And it was available for the 7, I think the 7 Pro as, as well as the 7, if I'm not mistaken, initially. But if we're going to see this feature is in the new version of Oxygen OS, and the reason why I want to say this is because, let's bring this down. It is, this, this was my favorite part is OnePlus actually answered it. So the uh, the top idea was always on display. We hear you. And our OS uh, product team has uh, replied, it is on the roadmap. That's a big thing. That's a, that's a big request that OnePlus fans have been wanting for years. So Anyways, short answer, I'm, I'd be more than happy to be able to get this feature without necessarily needing to root the device out of the box and not have to actually do any kind of modification, affect anything. I mean, OnePlus is really good with this. You don't have, you don't lose your warranty if you root your phone. Uh, but again, just to get that one feature to be able to install exposed and get that on. And most of the time, at least with the 7 Pro, it didn't work 100% the way native uh, always on display because they've, they actually did a little bit more than just hiding it. In the past, they used to, but now it's not going to be there. Um, oh, the OnePlus Z or AKA the OnePlus Lite. Uh, the rumors obviously are very uh, intriguing, at least from what we're hearing. Essentially, it's, 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 it is. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a OnePlus, OnePlus 8 Lite. Uh, it's a more budget-friendly version. And I say that because, um, as you guys probably already know, the OnePlus, let's not start dropping phones. Too many phones. 
the OnePlus 8 came out at 699. So as you know, the OnePlus line of devices are going up every year. And I think this was that's what they're trying to answer with the OnePlus X. Uh, the OnePlus X, the last time we saw was a very unique device that came out. It had mixed reviews. Not everybody was very happy with the way the experience was done because it was a smaller form factor. So the short answer is, uh, I think overall, the OnePlus Z is going to be a very interesting device to come out. It is rumored to come out next month. Whoa, wait, <laughs> we're in May. Gotta, okay, so days are blending in. Keep that in mind with me, sorry. Um, but yeah, so the OnePlus 8 is intended. To, uh, obviously, it just came out. It's starting to be available for the 8th and the April as of the 29th of April are available on all carriers as well as the website and Amazon. The OnePlus 8 Lite or uh, aka the OnePlus X is, a, is it was supposed to be rumored to come out this month. So I'm hoping we'll find out within the next few weeks uh, if, in fact, this is going to be an actual device that comes out. Uh, more than likely, it'll be more of a mid-range processor, 7 series, and obviously giving us the experience of that price point. So a lower price than the standard, and of course, giving us the OnePlus experience of speed. Uh, um, I'm not 100% sure if this is going to be something where we're going to basically have it you know, competing more like we're at the, 7, the OnePlus 7 from last year, because you kind of think about, you know, if it may be running an 855, it'll be cheaper than running the 7 series. Uh, and I think they're probably going to go with the 7 series, and uh, hopefully they'll give us 5G as well. So that's some of the things that I'm hoping to see there. Um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, part of that saying is um, uh, I have a gut feeling that it's coming to the U.S. I think OnePlus changed their uh, their business model this year. Last year, they did the whole segmentation where they gave us versions of the device and they changed it. The, you know, they gave us the 7 Pro at the beginning of the year, and then they gave us the, 7, uh, the 7T later. And then, of course, gave T-Mobile the 7T Pro McLaren edition, the best of the best. Uh, but I, I think this year we saw that 8 and the 8 Pro come out. I feel like the X will be coming out as well. Is it going to be available on all carriers? That's also a, another thing that keep in mind that um, only the 8 is available on carriers in the US. The 8 Pro isn't. Um, although you are able to buy the 8 Pro, let's say Amazon or OnePlus's site, and you use the, you know, you can use it, the, the 8 Pro. Sorry, this was the 8. Uh, the 8 Pro on T-Mobile, get voice over LTE, get, get Wi-Fi calling, uh, and of course, get 5G support with the Sub-6 technology. So it's going to work right out of the box. Um, I did hear some people having some concerns with using the Pro, uh, the Unlocked Pro on Verizon, but that that was a mixed bag. Well, somebody said that it worked. Somebody said that we're having some problems. Uh, it's uh, it, At the end of the day, it was something to do with the IMEI not registering on Verizon's network, but that could have they could have fixed that problem by now. So hopefully we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Let me go ahead and bring down some more uh, Snapdragon. Yes. We'll have to see. The Z, the original Z didn't come to the US. So you're right. Yeah, it wasn't actually a US bound uh, product, but it did get, it did make its round to some of the US reviewers. So Steve's pointing out that the, you know, it may not be into the US, uh, but you know, it depends. It, it depends on what we're seeing here. So let's bring up one more time. Okay, so Harvey, ab absolutely. The McLaren edition is way more. So, yeah, no, no, <laughs> hard to say, hard to say no to. So, with the exception of the fact that you're not getting the 120 hertz display, you're still getting the the warp charge 30T. You're getting the 855 plus. You're getting 12 gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of internal storage, a kick-ass design that is mirrored by nobody, no other device. It comes out with McLaren type styles, like with the orange. Uh, I think what's it called, the papaya color. 
really, really nice. I really missed that device. Um, I have the OnePlus 6T McLaren edition, the 7T Pro McLaren edition, because it was a carrier version. I wasn't able to get that as a review unit. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get, I'm, I'm hoping to at some point work with T-Mobile on those things. Uh, but yeah, if you're thinking of picking up one of those, I hands down, yes. Uh, it's it's specced out for 2019 and it still carries you through 2020 for at least another year. And you know it's going to be receiving Android 11 as soon as it's available. Uh, it may not be right at the same time. Maybe the Pro will get it first, the 8 Pro and the 8, but definitely right after that. So if you're thinking of the 70 Pro, the 70 Pro McLaren edition on T-Mobile, very nice. I would say keep one thing in mind. It's not a dual SIM uh, uh, smartphone. It's a single SIM because it's a carrier version of it. Uh, if you have access to be able to pick up the standard version of the 7T Pro McLaren edition, then I think that one will be also very nice. That way, at least you'll have the dual SIM functionality there. So um, Ernie's asking is like, why is the Verizon version of the S8 such a tedious, tedious process? Um, the the experience that we're seeing right now, at least with Verizon, because the not all of uh, not all of the smartphones are not all of the eights are meant are built the same. And what I mean by that is they all support five G, but the AT and T and T Mobile is supporting sub six, and the Verizon version is supporting the millimeter wave. So there is a little bit of a difference there, as well as they they also gave them certain color specifications there. So the Verizon one has I think there's a couple of colors that are not available, but the Aurora Glow I think if I'm not mistaken that's the T Mobile version has that as well. Well, so there's been a little bit there, but I think it's a big movement uh, into what's going on. Um, the other thing I think that you're probably referring to is the fact that uh, the Verizon version is the only one that did actually change uh, the design. And uh, what we're talking about here, let's switch over to this one. So most smartphones or most uh, OnePlus devices, so this one has the OnePlus. You'll see it right there. It just has the word OnePlus. This is the 8. So I'm going to take it out of the case. And this has the same thing. It's just a little bit of print here. So it's OnePlus. And the Verizon version of this actually has the Verizon 5G logo here as opposed to the 8, uh, the OnePlus word. I think that's what, what you're talking about, Ernie. Hopefully, uh, let me know, of course, if I missed that. Um, I think, look, overall, over the years, we've had T-Mobile support. We have AT&T support. T-Mobile obviously carries it in the store. Um, I think Verizon's always been a big thing. There's been a big request for Verizon users to be able to use OnePlus devices natively and support the fastest technology. I think getting through the door, obviously, I feel like OnePlus needed to make the uh, that little bit of a bargaining uh, trade right there to get there and get the certification to be on Verizon. And I think if anything else, they're looking at it from a business standpoint. Once we put a case on it, though, realistically none the wiser nobody really sees it and i do recommend you checking out the sandstone case the cyan one it's definitely really really nice i really like that color um oh the opal fine x2 pro good to buy so if you if you're even in in the in the faintest sense of impressed with the way the oneplus 8 pro uh, the oneplus 8 pro looks the opal fine x2 pro is going to definitely impress Keep, keep in mind, a lot of heritage from the uh, the uh, Find X2 Pro. They learned a lot. So the, the QHD with 120 hertz refresh rate that came from here. Although what I would probably say is uh, if you are a fan of Oppo and the way Oppo processes images, I feel like you may be able to get a little bit better experience there. So just kind of get that. And obviously, they've, they've been doing a lot of updates on that. So the Find X2 Pro uh, does actually charge a little bit faster because of the type of technology that they use with the batteries. So there's differences there. OnePlus uses one battery. Oppo uses two batteries to charge it faster. So those are some things in there to keep in mind. Uh, 
Let's go ahead and bring it over. Sweet. Uh, I'm actually thinking about ordering it through T-Mobile. I think it's a great deal. And uh, definitely for me, using it on T-Mobile, the 5G was really, really good. Uh, the one thing I would say is uh, just, again, like I said, if you're comfortable with it, you can check it out. And they have it. Uh, they're also, I would definitely check it through Swapa. If, unless you're financing it, um, check Swapa. You may be able to get a better deal there. Um, not that they're a sponsor or anything of the channel, but I personally buy and sell phones there. And Swap has always been doing great for me. But again, yeah, definitely, Harvey. I, I hope you you check it out and enjoy it. Um, Aditya and Neil, yeah. The 7T Pro McLaren Edition. Try throwing OnePlus over. The OnePlus 7T Pro McLaren Edition. Uh, yeah, it's almost as bad as the, L, the, LG's, the LG V60 ThinQ. I think we need we need somebody. We, somebody needs to talk to the marketing names, and we need to just shrink them. Um, I personally, again, I'm I'm happy that they exist. I'm happy to see LG back in the game with a very strong contender. The V60, absolutely a beast. Um, on the 8 Pro, I'm getting about six hours. The maximum I was able to get about six hours of screen on time. So this is from Open. Uh, what's the battery life on the uh, on the OnePlus 8 Pro? Uh, actually, it's not bad. Uh, and one thing I would probably say, I want to supplement that by saying is. Um, on the daily, when I do actually, you know, a normal day-to-day -day usage with the 8 Pro, and again, I'm using this on AT and uh, sorry, on T-Mobile with 5G, uh, is uh, that sometimes when I'm in the car and I'm using like uh, Android Auto, it actually does charge the device, but it's not enough for it to basically charge it all the way. Uh, but because it doesn't actually charge it all the way, we definitely get a little bit more battery. But I haven't been disappointed with this. Stereo speakers are absolutely fantastic, and of course, the display is just gorgeous. Um, and I do. Do you think 5G? <laughs> yes. The OnePlus 7T, sorry, the OnePlus 7T Pro McLaren Edition 5G, because T-Mobile threw, threw in the 5G in there. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because <laughs> um, that was one of the one of the few devices in 20, 2019 that supported the X55 modem. So what OnePlus did with the 7T Pro McLaren Edition 5G, again, long name. Uh, is that they adopted that they actually included the x55 modem which roughly or coincidentally is the same modem that we have here and what they did essentially there is give you 5g which is sub six support on Timo uh, on t-mobile so yes uh david uh i <laughs> you caught me with that one man you caught me um let's go a little bit more <laughs> let's see okay so david burns uh just saying near the near yeah just exactly um so here, let's see real quick. Uh, I'm using, oh, the OnePlus 7 Pro, dude. Absolutely, A256, it's a boss of a device. Uh, surprisingly, I did a live stream on that one last week um, on over on my Amazon uh, live streaming thing. Uh, talking about how realistically, I mean, yeah, 2019 phones aren't, and I, and I really want people to obviously appreciate the tech that we have. There is really no reason to jump at the basically if you know if you if you just purchased the device a year ago and it's doing the job for you the 7 pro the 7t are very powerful devices the 7 pro had fast storage uh, and a lot of ram i mean eight gigs of ram is not a small amount and of course the 256 gig internal storage ufs 3.0 very fast great cameras and updates basically keep coming through so i feel like if you if you're happy with it you should be able to carry this for quite some time. It will get Android 11, and it's still getting updates, as well as a beta channel for some really cool new features if you'd like to check that out. So definitely very happy about that. Um, so let's double check here. The, my OnePlus 7T Pro isn't a 5G in the UK. So that's the, so that's the difference here. 
Uh, OnePlus in 2019 did not release any 5G other than the McLaren 5G in the US on T-Mobile. And I think that was in conjunction for T-Mobile, uh, mostly because I think at the time they weren't ready to put in 5G with everybody and they kind of tested it. The year before they did the same thing with the OnePlus 6T and that's when they first introduced the 6T, uh, I think there's a Warp Charge 30T with that. So they tested it out and saw how things worked. I think in the US we had 5G and I don't think it's the same uh, sub six uh, support for European uh, 5G. So depending on your uh, provider. So honestly, the way 5G is working right now in the US, it's getting better time over time. I, I'm able to basically say with the way T-Mobile's 5G currently is supported, you're getting neck and neck uh, speeds with what 4G LTE. So you're not missing out much. I think is once we start seeing some of the mid band, which is what Sprint is bringing over to the table, that's probably something that you'll appreciate a little bit more because Sprint was running more of the mid band of the sub six where T-Mobile was running more on the low. So Sprint was giving you like 400 to 500 megabits down where T-Mobile was maxing around 200. Uh, and of course the millimeter wave would be something else. So I'm not worried about it. I wouldn't sweat it. Honestly, I think you still got the same type of experience as what most people were getting with the uh, with the uh, the seven T Pro. I don't want to say the whole name, guys. It's it's too long. So Goron is asking here um, the ROG Phone Two. Oh man, one of my favorites. Um, still use it to today. It's my it's actually my gaming phone now. Uh, I've, I got it. I got the uh, the Chinese the Tencent edition one, and um, honestly. Absolutely fantastic hardware. I have a couple of other gaming phones. Obviously, you know, you guys have there's the Red Magic 5G, and then of course we have the, um, I think the Black Shark 3 as well. So great gaming phones, but it had one of the first 120 hertz displays on a 1080p panel, and it was obviously released in 2019. One of my favorites. I love it. Um, looking forward to the stream. Uh, to, oh yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> hashtag TTR Bay. Appreciate it, Matt. I'm actually looking forward to hanging out with you guys. I checked out the other stream that you guys did with uh, with Juan Carlos and Fat Produce, of course. And so I'm really, um, I'm interested to see how it's going to go. Hopefully, it'll be great, and we'll we'll be able to get a lot of people to join us and and hang out and and ask as many questions as they as they'd like, of course. Um, oh, Mike. Hey, welcome, welcome, man. Hold on. Did I catch the wrong one? Yes. <laughs> hey, Mike. And welcome back, man. Um, and so what is the best replacement for, uh, oh, here's, so let's go ahead and open it up. Whoops, did I put it in? Here. So what is the rest, best replacement for a OnePlus 8? Um, so I'm not sure maybe what you mean with a replacement. Uh, are you thinking, you know, what does it compare to in the market right now? So the OnePlus 8, it really, from, from the sense of its design, right? We're getting a 1080p 90 hertz display. So I feel like it's kind of closer to what we're getting, let's say, with the Black Shark 3 uh, from a gaming experience. You're getting roughly LPDDR5 with the RAM. Uh, and of course, you're getting fast UFS 3.0 storage. And you're also getting a 90 hertz 1080p panel. So you're getting that same experience with the Black Shark 3, where the Black Shark 3 Pro has the QHD uh, refresh rate there. So I, I think it's a, definitely a good gaming phone from the just the aesthetics uh, it did lose the so one thing that i don't think a lot of people are mentioning is the oneplus 8 has curved this is it there as a curved display it's not a flat display the way the 7t was so if you're a fan of the flat display and you don't you don't fancy obviously the curvature on the edge and false touch it sometime i think this the oneplus 8 obviously is is pretty much a smaller version of what the oneplus 8 pro is so 
Um, as far as the actual replacement or options in the market, I feel like the the price point in, uh, I think, I don't know if you also noticed that the price point for the OnePlus line of devices in India or in the Asian market is different than in the US. It's actually a little bit less expensive. So I feel like if you're picking up the 8 or if you want to pick up the 8 Pro, uh, the 8 Pro may give you a little bit better experience, especially with the even the base model uh, for $899 in the US. And I feel like it's $659 or I think it was like $700, $750 um, in India. Uh, that's going to be definitely very, very good. 120 hertz refresh rate with UFS, uh, again, UFS 3.0 and LPDDR5. No question about that. And let's see here. What else do we have? Yeah, just jump over. By the way, answering the questions from the from the live stream is my favorite part of the entire show. I always love jumping into it. Um, so here. That's an interesting question, Dave. Uh, so it, the interesting design behind that is obviously, I think if I want to say this, I think it was Samsung started us with the, the curved displays and then everybody just jump on it. And then it just kept going and going and going. And every, you know, then now we have waterfall displays. And then there's that Xiaomi Alpha that just basically is a display all around the phone. So for me, it's something that I feel like if they're going to release it, give us options, give us the ability of picking one over the other. The 7 and the 7T both had a flat display. The 8 now left that dis uh, department. So maybe the OnePlus 8, or it's not the 8 Lite, the OnePlus X will have that. So we'll have to see some of the things that we you know we we want for them. Um, it has its benefits as far as making the display look like it doesn't have an actual, uh, you know, there's no bezels on the side. But the reality of the matter, at the end of the day, you're right. It's a personal preference. Some people prefer it and some people don't. And we need to have those options. I think that's the best way to look at it. Um, so Jack, uh, Jack, Ed and, uh, Babington. So, um, I think what you're referring to is, I think it was called the launch take bundle uh, and in the U S and I'm not sure again, why, uh, OnePlus decided that at the launch day bundle, like when it first announced the actual device, they had, a, I think that feature was available for a couple of days where they included the wireless charger for free. And that's like a $70 extra for free with the actual, uh, OnePlus 8 pro pre-order, um, the UK did not have that, uh, but it's no longer available. That that option is not available anymore. So if you buy the OnePlus 8 Pro in the US, you don't get that for free. Uh, I think it's if you're if you're big on using wireless chargers, if you like the convenience that wireless offers you, if you have a device that does it, and you're jumping into a OnePlus 8 Pro, I would recommend you getting it. It's fast, and you are able to basically use it as a nightstand, uh, as an actual uh, setup for the desk. I mean, I'm actually using it right now. Uh, but the, unfortunately, the cable is not long enough. Uh, I'm using it right now to actually uh, just when I'm whenever I'm not using the phone and I'm on the computer as I'm setting up my hair uh, and I like to use it. So it works really nice. I, I really like it. Um, but I wish it was also available everywhere where everybody was able to get it for free. Uh, let's bring him here. So will you be making a video on how to install Google Play services on the latest Huawei devices? Um, I haven't done a video for this. Uh, as if so, this is from uh, uh, Chemi Torres, uh, one of my buddies from the uh, Huawei Honor Groups, and um, so I, I was thinking about making a video about this. But the reality is, for me, on the uh, the, uh, the P40 Pro, so I've been checking out the P40 Pro directly. Uh, I actually haven't installed Google Play services, and I've been using it without, mostly because I want to kind of ramp up for my review. The review is intended to basically cover using a Huawei device without GP, uh, Google Play services. Now, I did install Aurora F-Droid and the Aurora uh, App Store, so I actually am still able to get all my applications installed, updated. So I am found other alternatives to the Google Play Store for that phone. But I feel like installing GMS and getting it to run perfectly, I can definitely link somebody to a specific video. Video, but 
I, I just don't feel like if you're if you're thinking of getting a Huawei device in 2020, I think at this point we're all expecting not to have Google Play services. And unless you're comfortable with that, I don't think people are going to spend the money for it. So it's something that people know and they're going to be able to make that decision before they jump into it. Uh, actually, before I go too far, uh, hold on, right there. I don't know if you guys could see that, but that's my uh, 6T McLaren Pro, uh, McLaren, so the OnePlus 6T McLaren Edition box. I kept that one. Uh, absolutely. So a salute to speed. Always there and always in my screen. Um, so here, okay. Let's talk real quick right there with um, Gortex Singh. So hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Um, are you having any problems with the green green screen problem on the OnePlus 8 Pro or the black, crush, the, the black color issue in there? Um, right now, I actually don't have any problems, and I did double-check it, and I tested it out with and without DC dimming on. Uh, the problem that I think some people are experiencing, at least the way OnePlus is addressing it, is they're saying that you should be able to update, fix that as a software update, mostly because there is that temporary fix, which is if you're having the problem, turn on or turn off DC dimming, and that's a set setting directly within the actual system where it actually configures the... Uh, it's actually at the processor level, it's actually at the circuit level to be able to control the dimming uh, level of the display. Uh, for me, I haven't seen it. Let's go ahead and turn it on real quick for you guys. So let's go ahead and unlock. Um, so no green banding. No, no. Actually, so now I need to find something. Let's go ahead and turn off dark mode. So let's go ahead and go back here. Go to display. Actually, no, it's not on display. On the customization, and we're going to change the theme back to illuminating light. So we'll give it a second. So you can see here, it's obviously very big, very white. The color, I am running 120 hertz. So let's go ahead and bring that here. We'll jump over on this side, display, advanced, QHD, 120 hertz. And you could definitely just see that the color looks really nice. There's no green tint. There's no issue. Um, and But for me, most of the time, I'm running it in dark mode anyway. So that wouldn't have been something that jumps at me all the time. Uh, what I think the hope is that is since it's a very limited quantity, not everybody's experiencing it. Sorry, as I'm talking to you guys, I'm switching back to my dark mode. Uh, Overall, I think OnePlus should be able to fix it. And if it is basically just a tuning of how the dimming uh, is done on the actual device, hopefully this is something that we can get it fixed. I haven't seen it. I haven't noticed it. And I watched videos, played games. Uh, I listened to my podcasts. And I think I mentioned to it uh, maybe before you joined us uh, is that, you know, listening to music here with the Bullets Wireless Z. A lot of different things going on. So I feel like it's it's definitely a very unique uh, uh, situation. And, but, but Again, nothing that we haven't seen in the past. Uh, displays, some manufacturers will have panels. It may just be just a bad batch of panels that they had. Um, according to the the, the price, uh, do you think the OnePlus 8 is... So let's see here. So here, uh, so this is for uh, Satching. According to its price, do you think the OnePlus 8 is giving... It gives, does it, is it giving a good camera? The OnePlus 8, literally, I think... If you've used the OnePlus line of device before, so if you've used the OnePlus 7T, I feel like the OnePlus 8 has done something a little bit different. They do, they went with the macro lens as opposed to going with the telephoto lens. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, again, the, we've seen the sensor before with OnePlus devices. It's not a bad sensor. Uh, and I think it all comes down to image processing and the way they're using their camera applications. So definitely. Uh, the only thing that you're missing there is that it doesn't actually have a true telephoto lens. It's using a macro lens. And the telephoto option that you get in the camera application is literally a digital crop. Um, it's something that if you probably haven't seen that yet, my buddy Juan Carlos uh, did a video talking about the differences between optical uh, uh, optical zoom as well as digital zoom. And that there's a lot of devices on the market that use a digital zoom at the first step when you're doing a zoom, where it basically crops in the main sensor, which is a high megapixel sensor. So 
we still have the 4K, uh, sorry, the 48 megapixel main shooter on the back, and you still get the 4K 60 as well as the 4K uh, 30 frames and 1080p 60 and all of that. So I think the, the OnePlus 8 is, a, is definitely a good buy, uh, a great starting point for 699. It's a little bit more than what we had last year, but the features are very good. I mean, they're doing a really good job with what they're offering us. Um, I don't have an actual straight. Uh, I did not get a chance to research to see if they're still using Samsung displays, but the panels on both the 8 and the 8 Pro look really, really nice. I mean, for colors and video playback, let me just double check that here. They, they look, they absolutely look fantastic. So let's go ahead and bring up here. I'm going to bring this up for you guys uh, just to show you guys just the, the display here. And let's bring here. We'll play a quick video from YouTube. Not the best source, obviously, since it's going to be compressed, but let's go ahead and play 4K. And not that it plays 4K content, but I want to play for you guys uh, it basically a 4K video because of the color, you know, how they have them, and they do really, really good. So here, um, let's go ahead and play. Here's a 540. Okay, now we have to, we'll give it a second to finish with the ad. Two ads, of course. That's how we usually do it. So the, the short answer is, the display is absolutely is just gorgeous. So here, so let's go ahead and bring it here, and so we'll go ahead and bring it up. Uh, switch it over. So here we are. So it's, right now it's auto 360 60p. I'm gonna jump over and just obviously go to the highest 1080p 60 HDR. And since the QHD, it does support it. So we'll go ahead and bring it up here. Let's bring a little bit over. I want it, I want to be a little bit more colorful as opposed to just white uh, skies. It's not as it's not as clear. So I'll give it a second there. So here. Yeah, it, it's it, it believe me. What I mean, it it looks a lot better here, um, and of course, we can definitely see it more. Just the color, the depth, it just, it's a beautiful panel. And the camera present there is, it's not bad at all. So uh, out of the box, it does support all the way up to 1440p since it's a, obviously a QHD display running at a 120 Hertz. So there's no question. I do want to say though, that the color white balance temperature isn't set right. So some of the areas where it looked like it was washed out, it actually looked a lot better on the actual device. So I'll go ahead and put that out here. Uh, the new S21 and or the S20, uh, the S20, uh, oh, okay. So here, let's, let's look at this one. So this was from Goron, uh, news on the galaxy S21 or the S20 will come with the Chinese BOE OLED. Uh, that's a possibility. Uh, I mean, it depends. Samsung generally manufactures their own uh, panels. So it depends. I don't see them, you know, really straying away from using their own panels. Obviously it features their technologies, their very good they're known for using obviously great panels they make great panels for their tvs this is kind of like why i'm so excited about the tcl uh, tcl is known for their tv panels they're known for their displays so when we see the ntxt option here to be able to get that punchy really good colors on the phone i feel like this is something that we need to appreciate that even at 250 they're giving us some of the best technologies for a display for content consumption because a lot of people watch and use their smartphones to watch this. A good number probably of you guys are on smartphones watching this. Um, you know, I'm sure some of them are on, on you know, laptops. But again, those are the things that you want to keep in mind that TCL is trying to bring that in. So my hope is that they do end up keeping keeping basically their panels. They, they're a gorgeous panel, especially on the S line, since those are the, some of their main, more, main sellers. Uh, was there any giving? Okay. 
So here, was there a need for uh, for giving a macro lens instead of a telephoto lens in the OnePlus 8? Uh, I think they because they they realized that they can do the job of what the one, the telephoto lens that they were going to put in there um, with the digital zoom. It's a high megapixel sensor. The digital zoom on there, it's not going to be any problem. You're not going to notice it realistically. So I think real, I mean, the camera is is kind of a hit and miss for me. Macro is always depending. I always feel like you should be able to use the wide angle lens with some with that, with some stabilization on it to get a good macro experience. You don't really need a macro lens. Uh, but some manufacturers put it in. I, I, I guess I, I would have preferred having the 7T camera lenses on the 8 uh, with the 8 improvements with the 865 and the 5G. I think that would have been a good combo as well. Uh, let's double check here. Uh, could you please tell me how's the battery life on the 8 and the 8 Pro? So um, you'd... Um, Yudhavir, sorry, Yudhavir uh, Sharma, uh, we kind of answered that a little bit before. Um, I've been focusing mostly on the 8 Pro, about six, uh, six, roughly about six hours of screen on time for me. Uh, and this is with QHD as well as 5G on this. On this. So uh, it's actually pretty good. And as you could pr probably already saw with the other video that I posted uh, not that long ago, uh, it's basically a zero to 100% with the wire charger in an hour and one minute and zero to 100% with the wireless charger in an hour and four minutes. So very fast and definitely very long battery life. All day battery life for me, no question. Um, Android Auto, pictures, uh, playing games, watching movies. And I've been playing a lot of games on this device because I'm, I'm trying to finish up my review for it. And I'm trying to find more games uh, that are supporting uh, basically Android 10.0, uh, not Android, sorry, 120 hertz refresh rate on this to get the full potential of this device. Um, let's jump real quick here. Um, so, I, Muhammad, uh, Muhammad uh, Mahsur, uh, first welcome, uh, man. And um, one thing I would probably say is it's one of those sensors that they added on the back of the device. So you notice right here, the OnePlus, OnePlus 8 Pro has four cameras on the back, three, four. And one of those camera sensors is a, uh, they call it a color filter. And it's supposed to provide us somewhat of a unique experience for the cameras when you're using it. So let's go and switch over real quick, sorry. And um, right now, the only filter that's available is not very useful for me. So I feel like I, we need an update. We need to see more features added to that sensor so that we can appreciate what it's offering us. I don't feel like it's providing us exactly what the what most people think whenever we're getting a color filter. Because to be able to use it, so on the phone, right now so you go into the camera application you jump into the photo you have to turn on the filters and it's all the way on the right side that photochromic uh, image so you'll notice so let's let's do a quick comparison real quick so here here's a quick picture so here's the the, the one plus eight i'm going to take a picture with it standard i'm going to jump over to the photochromic and here you guys so let's go and look at it sideways so um the best way to say it, so this is the actual color. It looks really nice, very nice detail. Everything looks great. Photochromic kind of converted this to look more like the standard sandstone image. And uh, But right now, I got a lot of additional noise added in here. The color here, I mean, it's great, but the office is very lit, and we shouldn't have as much noise when it uses the filter. So I probably would say it's, it's, it's a nice thing to have, but I wouldn't necessarily buy the phone for it right now. I feel like it needs a little bit more work to get more features with it. So hopefully, we'll see how that goes. Um, definitely. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, any, any time, dude. And uh, I appreciate, I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I wish everybody liked it. Uh, but yeah, no, no, um, 
So let's go ahead and look in here. So Goron's talking here who says, so I guess Samsung will do everything to lower the manufacturing price for the Galaxy. They understand they ask too much for the S20, probably the worst selling Galaxy of all time. Chinese screens make sense. So the reality of the matter is, yes, I think we've reached a point in the, in the market that the year over year, by the way, thank you very much, Goron, for the comment there, um, that year over year we've seen um, basically price increases, right? Every time we look at a phone, every year it comes out, it generally comes out a little bit more, a little bit more. This year, we started basically the lowest end. And mind you, the S20 did drop in price, but at launch, the S20 started at 999. That's the entry level, the 6.2 inch version of the S20 lines. We went up all the way to 6.9, about 1500 bucks to $1,399 at the entry level for the S20 Ultra. So for me, I feel like um, Samsung needs to offer us that mid-tier. They've taken the S line from what used to be the 600 to 700 line, $800, and now they've bumped them into $1,000. I mean, it did drop to $799 for the S20, just kind of point of reference. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely, I feel like they need to bring it in. Um, so what I feel like it's going to happen is... Either the A line is going to basically get bumped up, or we're going to start seeing some more more devices in the S line light of devices. In January at CES, we saw the S10 Lite and the S20. Uh, sorry, the S10. Yeah, the S10 Lite and I think the Note 10 Lite announced, and they were coming into different markets. And those were using the 855 chipset of last year's S20 line of devices. Uh, I think the S10 Lite was using the uh, the 855, and I think the Note 10 Lite was using the Exynos version of that from again a 2019 chipset. So if we see those coming out and having more devices, I think those will bring down the prices a little bit. Although I'm not sure when in the life cycle of releases, you know, they'll usually do the S line at the beginning of the year, the Note line at the end of the year they would be able to release it. But I think that will fill the gap and give us a little bit better experience. Uh, switching the display may reduce the cost, but keep in mind, in-house will always be cheaper than buying it from somebody else. So just keep that in mind. I feel like if they do change the display, which is like the number one selling, I would say like one of the number one selling on top of the cameras uh, of a Samsung line, it's, it's the beautiful display, it's that curved display. If they mess with that formula, they could alienate their core customer base that love their displays. So I hope, Whichever decision they go with, it provides them the. It still focuses on that core message that they want to give everybody. Uh, man, uh... oh man, <laughs> it's like the beard mains tip for, for for the winter. Yeah, man, no, um, I definitely, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I I've always wondered if I should do a video on how to maintain the beard, but I feel like it. I there's so many good ones on 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 YouTube and so on. But uh, I, yeah, it's it's. Let's just say this: it's more work than having hair up there. Let's just say that it takes more work because it just naturally is not. That's not what it naturally looks like. Uh, we're gonna turn this into the some guy with a beard day kind of thing. Hashtag. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, let's not be fooled. Chinese make comparable screen. It's not huge different as it, uh, as it used to be. And I'm not saying it is. It's it's more of the price point, uh, uh, Goran, that I'm actually trying to talk to. Is Think of it this way. Uh, when you make your own displays, when, you're, when you actually have the manufacturing line to make displays for smartphones, that's what I'm trying to refer to. There's a margin of benefit there because they're making money off of their own display, putting it in their own phone, as opposed to buying it from another company. Even if it is a little bit cheaper, there's that whole... Um, you know the the sum of the all, of all parts, and that's I think what things are going in. There's nothing wrong with the with Chinese made displays. We have many devices on the market that use them, uh, but my my thing would be essentially just again the type of technology. Uh, it's the first thing that you see on a Galaxy. It's the display. 
So as long as they they stay true, which again with whichever manufacturer they go with, they should be okay. Uh, my only thing was was just mostly is that's what they do. You know what I say? Um, <laughs> hashtag the beard guy. Hey, dude, we're in the same club, man. Yours yours is rocking. You're rocking a good one as well. So uh, here, uh, let's let's open up here real quick. So what is the OnePlus Dex, uh, which is coming to Oxygen Western's future Asana than in news? So yeah, no, uh, this is one of those things that they talked about. Let's bring back the list here uh, just to kind of recap it real quick for you guys. So uh, uh, Budavir Sharma is saying, you know, what is that OnePlus Dex? OnePlus Dex. Uh, I think what they're talking about here is pretty straightforward. The uh, the experience of obviously having a desktop like experience. Uh, currently, Android ten point. You know why not? Why not? Why not? Let, well, let me show you what I mean. I I love being able to talk about things, but I also love also being able to share with you guys what they look like. So here, uh, what we're doing when I'm when I want to do for you guys here is so here's the OnePlus uh, OnePlus Eight Pro. I'm gonna go ahead and plug it in. So obviously, you know, OnePlus supports the uh, display. So you can actually mirror your display directly in there. But what I'm going to do here is I'm going to actually switch it over and actually show you what it looks like. So here, this is the desktop experience. And I apologize for going quiet for a second there. So here's the desktop experience on OnePlus. Uh, you can turn it on by going into the settings and turning on that function directly and forcing desktop. You can also launch it by opening up different applications. So we'll go ahead and open up YouTube. And again, this is straight from the phone. We'll open up the application. Ah, so I just realized. So I need to close YouTube on my phone because uh, it it won't open it up uh, because it's open on the main display. So let's go ahead and open up here. Yeah. So here, it, it's not a final software. Let's go ahead and open up something else because that that was one of the other things. So what they're talking about is it making this a little bit more streamlined as an actual you know ser service. So let's go ahead and open up. Uh, let's go to YouTube Music. So here, this is one. So I'm just gonna say eh, let's open up something else. Let's open up something um, not Thumper game. Uh, let's open up. Well, let's see how the gallery opens up. So here, here's the gallery app, and you can go full screen. And opens up all the way. So here's the camera. This is uh, that picture that I just took you guys. So you can see right there uh, that that's the actual picture we took. And if we scroll, I hope I can scroll. Oh, so that's the Android 10 point adjuster. So here's the original image. So they're saying that they want to be able to basically get a better experience using Android uh, desktop mode on OnePlus devices. And they want to call it Sam, you know, the OnePlus Dex. Short, basically saying that they want a desktop experience. So that's what that's what essentially stands for. Um, and hopefully they'll be able to. The the Android 10 right now, the version of desktop in Android 10 is not very functional. And what I mean by that is, again, it's kind of like that example. Uh, in the demos in the past, if I didn't have YouTube already launched, for some reason, it will launch it on the desktop experience. So you guys would have been able to see YouTube. But every time I clicked on YouTube in the desktop experience, it opened it up on the phone. Uh, Recents doesn't work well. And it's mostly because it's still in, I would say, a beta experiment right now, at least the way OnePlus is providing it. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the desktop experience that we have here on the V60 has a custom launcher made by a, by LG that makes the experience a little bit better to use. But again, it still feels like it's something that needs a little bit more time to become prime time, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, no. So speaking of display, so yeah, uh, Huawei, uh, so LG here, obviously, Huawei has been using uh, LG and BOE panels uh, on the P40. And how does your panel look like on the P40? It, again, absolutely fantastic. There's no question that uh, that's something that you want to be aware of. So we're talking basically up here, but the uh, P40 Pro, 
The display is just gorgeous. Um, I don't have YouTube installed on this because, again, as you know, there's no Google Play services. So let's go ahead and open up uh, again. So this is the live stream that we're in. Let's go ahead and open up. Uh, we'll do the same thing. So here's 4K 60. We'll do 4K 60 frames per second. Uh, now, it is on the Wi-Fi, so I'll go ahead and we'll play the exact same video. I'll give it a second to start. And we're going to go full screen. So we don't need to really worry about the audio. but. You guys could see, I mean, the the colors just absolutely fantastic. This is again using the this is the P40 Pro from Huawei, not the P40 Plus. Uh, this not the P40 Pro Plus. So this one's there. The panels look great. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just that for me, when a company makes their own panels, you know, it's like saying LG will be using uh, a Samsung panel. We've seen different panels, you know, depending on the manufacturers, if they don't have it. But Samsung's been making their panels, so. Again, it comes down to the price point. There's nothing wrong with BOE or LG panels. I think LG makes some great OLED panels, and we're all happy, obviously, that they're bringing OLED to all of their devices. So uh, I really love it. And I feel like the, the type of panels is taking over things. Um, so let's do real quick here. So um, Sheikh, uh, oh, Sheikh Azan, sorry, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Can you do please a comparison between the OnePlus 7 Pro and the OnePlus 8 Pro's display side-by-side -side, uh, with a video? That's that's not a bad idea. I think uh, the the display quality and what we're getting with the different technologies, obviously, is uh, something that you want to be aware of. Obviously, the 8 Pro is a higher resolution. Uh, well, it's a higher resolution 120 hertz display. It's not a higher resolution per se. It is a little bit bigger. So I love it that whenever we talk about phones, it's always a situation where they're, at, at they're within arm's length. Let me see if I actually have, and here we are. So yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and we're talking basically about these two guys, the eight, the seven pro and the eight pro. Uh, I can definitely work on something like that because I feel like a lot of people don't really think of the fact that the display is actually the form factor is a little bit better. It's not as wide, it's longer. Uh, and of course the 120 Hertz display with the optimizations there are definitely really, really nice. Let's go and switch back here. Uh, TVs, but for smartphone product, uh, so I so Goran, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're the worst panels. I feel like it depends on depending on what they've used. Historically, they've they've gone flip flop back between IPS and uh, and OLED. Uh, they introduced OLED for some time and then went back. And I think with the V60, we have the OLED panel. Uh, I think what their focus needs to be is to provide you a consistent experience. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like they should be able to apply some of their technologies that they have on their 8K, you know, 4K, some of the new tech that we see with the LG displays on their phones. I feel like that's something that is lost and they need to focus more on. The LG uh, G6's uh, IPS, uh, let me touch it. So yeah, the G6 uh, panel, definitely very nice. There's nothing wrong with IPS. The IPS, I think, is really good. It gets really bright and definitely really nice. Uh, but again, it, it depends on the preference. But it, at the end of the day, OLED will always be more battery friendly. That's the better way to say it. Um, so that's a very interesting question. I would say if you're in the market to pick up a phone right now, I think the 8, the... The 8T won't have the what the 8 Pro has right now. I don't think that the 8T will get the basically the 120 hertz uh, QHD display. I think the 8T, if anything else, if there is a second iteration, although we've heard from Qualcomm that there will not be an 865 plus, that could change. But currently, not a plan, not a not not on the plan. Um, that probably we'll just see maybe some some updated internals, maybe a little bit bigger display, a few extra features, but it's not going to be that big of a difference. Uh, realistically, I would say just jump into whatever you're more comfortable with, uh, and of course, if you wait a little bit longer, the eight uh, the eight 
may end up basically be a little bit cheaper on the secondary market. Although I'm not 100% sure how the secondary market is in uh, different countries. I know for me, at least in the past, where I've had to send the device to, to India, I can't ship used devices there. So let me know if uh, if you have uh, any more insight into how does the secondary market work with uh, OnePlus, at least in India. In the US, they usually held, they hold uh, their value pretty well, but they generally drop a little bit less than what the retail market is, um, like Swapa or some sites like that here in the US. Um, so yeah, no, definitely. Uh, comparison there, Aditya. So here, so here's another question or comment from Aditya. Um, hope you have a safe way uh, through the stores, the phone stores. Yeah, glass sealed backs uh, will will prolong. Uh, it would prolong uh, discharging when the storage could possibly lead to some damage into battery and safety first. Uh, so yeah, battery safety and battery uh, you know technologies that we're seeing as time goes on have had the experience of basically saying everybody wants faster batteries if everybody wants to charge their batteries very fast. But that generally comes into, obviously, temperatures. Uh, thermals are always a big concern, obviously, when you're charging your devices. And I've shown those in my videos. When I do comparisons for battery charging, I always love to include tem temperatures because uh, some people will will just say, oh, yeah, look, this goes really fast. But the fact of the matter is a device that goes over 100 degrees when it's charging will definitely damage the battery over time. And you're not going to be able to get that capacity over time. So as time goes on, you are going to basically see some degradation in performance on the battery. Um, conversely, when you have a device like the OnePlus, not the OnePlus, the um, iPhone 8, sorry, the iPhone SE 2, uh, where you have a small battery that is intended to basically run a very powerful processor. It's like, um, you know, a, a Maserati uh, engine on a, on a you know, two-gallon tank. I'm, that's a very bad analogy. I'm trying to mirror what, what Juan Carlos does, but essentially is a, a high-performance engine on a car that doesn't have enough gas to basically keep it going all the time may end up having some implications over time. So I think what, where Oppo does decide to go through where, as opposed to saying we're going to keep pushing that one cell, one that one battery pack to go very fast, they're splitting it up by using two batteries. I think that's a very good approach and a very strong approach for devices. Um, and what I mean by that is this is something that we've seen with a lot of different Oppo phones. So like this is the Reno 3 Pro. Um, again, in India, a specific version of the, uh, the device that uh, doesn't work for me. So I haven't been able to use it mostly in the US. Uh, I think it's a good, good, a better approach, but we need to keep in mind battery life and battery health. Uh, because if anything, you know, obviously that's one thing that Apple has been doing over years. As battery performance drops, they tend to throttle your phone because of that. Uh, so here, uh, yeah, so OnePlus should be able to, to hold good value. OnePlus 3T still sells for about 150. I think that's a great, that's a main, that's a big win for, for OnePlus if you think about it. Uh, the reality is that this is something that we all appreciate about OnePlus is the fact that they hold value very well in the secondary market, uh, specifically for year over year because they are supported and you are able to still get updates on them. So that's one of the really nice ones. The, by the way, the OnePlus, 6, uh, the OnePlus 3Ts uh, was my favorite for that year, uh, mostly because of the design that they decided to go with is just definitely one of the nicer ones. I like that one. Um, so... Yeah, so OnePlus is not a flagship killer. They're increasing their prices continuously. And what do you have to say about that? Well, so the 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 term flagship killer obviously was, I think, pretty much cornered or the, their cornerstone with that was with the OnePlus One. It was a $299 device that was competing with devices that were at 500 bucks and five, 600 bucks. Um, so one thing I have to say for OnePlus they may not be necessarily providing us the price points that they gave us in the past. And year over year, like you said, their prices do go up. 
their maxed version, their best version of their devices is at $999. Uh, they did adjust their price points from the Indian market to be able to provide basically a more comparable uh, experience for the for the market that they're in. Obviously, they needed to be aware of that. Uh, I feel like the use of flagship killer, I probably wouldn't use that anymore. I probably would say they're more known as the speed king. At least that's how I like to call them. Uh, they're focused so heavily on providing us a very fast, long battery life. And of course, just focusing on anything that relates to speed. So I think they've moved away from that. So I wouldn't necessarily use the flagship killer. Um, I want to say the Pocophone. A lot of people start using the Pocophone as the flagship killer as well. So those are the things that you want to keep in mind. It's, it's something that I think it depends on the market of where you're in. OnePlus is definitely becoming more and more going into the mainstream. They're going into main carriers. So I think the, the, the approach has changed, but I, I have not seen them use the flagship killer, but sadly we all want them to be. So maybe the OnePlus X or the OnePlus 8 Lite uh, will be basically giving us that experience at a much lower price point. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, so here, uh, OnePlus is not, yeah, that's so what we were seeing there. So uh, I think I kind of got everybody's, I hope, uh, if there isn't any more question, are they trying to compete with Samsung and Apple? Um, I don't think they're trying to compete with Samsung and Apple. I think they're trying to provide you an alternative option to the mid-range. So again, they're in the higher mid-range now, right? So Apple and Samsung are like $1,000 plus. Uh, is it likely that we may be seeing a OnePlus phone for over $1,000 next year? That's possible. The way they're going, obviously, they could. But again, the entry level or the starting point of the OnePlus 8 Pro is at $899, which is roughly uh, the uh, basically the, uh, I think it was the price of the, 250, the OnePlus 7T Pro McLaren Edition 5G in the US. So they haven't really crossed into that market. They're trying to give you a better, I think, value if you look at it from that sense. Uh, Performance-wise, there's no question. The 8 Pro performs much faster than what the, uh, one, you know, the even the S20 Ultra performs. But that doesn't mean that it's actually, uh, you know, it's definitely trying to compete in that range. I think it's trying to give you guys that, look, at the max setting, at the max configuration, I'm at $1,000 and I'm giving you a better experience than the S20 Ultra that doesn't even go to 120 hertz and, QHD, uh, and QHD at the same time. So those are the things that they're trying. They're, they're just trying to basically draw, let you make the, the comparison, but they don't necessarily go straight to that for, for their main selling point. Um, so the OnePlus 8 Pro in India is 725. Absolutely. That's a great starting point. Think about it. They've adjusted it and they know exactly how to make it, to market it. Now, that I don't know enough to be able to gauge if 725 is so expensive. It's kind of like how the iPhones are for us here in the US, where they're like $1,000 plus, obviously not with the iPhone SE. Uh, so for, for me, those are things that, you know, it depends on the market. I feel like it is a premium device. Uh, wireless charging, reverse wireless charging, 5G, those type of technologies do cost additional money. They're not just raising the price for the sake of raising it. They're giving you so much more with that price raise. You have to appreciate that, that if they did release a phone without 5G, without the 120 hertz, the OnePlus 8 would be more of a comparable you know, experience if you want to look at that. And I appreciate that, Mohammed, for letting me know there. Uh, speaking of battery, what is uh, what about Moto G power? I... You know, I have to actually double check and read a little bit more about that. Uh, Moto has been, for me at least, Moto has been a little bit running under the radar, mostly because the last few iterations of their devices have been uh, more mid-ranged and not necessarily very much flagship. And obviously, we just finally saw the Edge. That That is their latest and greatest. Uh, but I, I, I hope maybe you guys can chime in a little bit and let me know. Um, you know how things are with the, the G Power. I'm sorry, I don't know enough to be able to comment on that one, Mike. I appreciate you asking, though. Um, so here, quick question, uh, 
So what makes Oxygen OS special? That's a long question. That's a long, that's a hard way to answer. Uh, I'll try to give you the quick two second or maybe 30 second answer. Oxygen OS derived or started out as CyanogenMod. CyanogenMod was, in my opinions, uh, the best custom experience on Android. And this was roughly about six years ago. So timing myself here, obviously. Um, so um, it was the best customization uh, version of Android. They used to take AOSP and throw in so much customization and they, they supported so many devices. And OnePlus initially launched with the OnePlus One as the first CyanogenMod phone. That was the only operating system available for the OnePlus One. Uh, the OnePlus Two came out with Oxygen OS and CyanogenMod as an option. And so Oxygen OS derived, they took some of the lessons from what CyanogenMod was offering, which essentially is, a light version, it's a light skin on top of Android that gave you a lot of customizations. And of course, uh, the way Oxygen OS has been built over the years is based on community support as well as community feedback. And what I mean by it is the list that we're seeing here, uh, as far as some of those new features that people are asking, they're asking to see this directly within OnePlus's uh, UI. And that's how it's been for, for a long time. So in my opinion, as far as custom skins away from basically pixel line of devices, I think uh, the OnePlus Oxygen OS skin is one of the best. It is the best, in my opinion, um, basically a custom skin on top of Android, uh, if anything available on the market. It's light, it's fast, and offers a lot of customization. So my favorite. Uh, <laughs> no, not, not a problem, but not a problem. Uh, Samsung's, uh, so here. So Samsung's 108 megapixel or the uh, OnePlus 48 megapixel, which one is better? Uh, I think it depends on the use case. Uh, I feel like if you value 8K video recording right now, I probably would say that Samsung wins on this one. Uh, OnePlus is only supporting it up to 4K 60 frames per second. Uh, image quality on both are actually pretty decent, but the reality of the matter is none of us are using their sense the sensors at the full potential. So even though we're saying it's a 48 megapixel sensor, we're using pixel binning to get more of a, a much better 12 megapixel sensor image, well, a 12 megapixel image out of these sensors. This is the same thing with the with the with Samsung. We're not shooting 108 megapixel pixel images all the time because at the end of the day the reality of the matter is file size is going to be tremendous uh, even if we have ufs 3.0 we're just going to be taking too many it, it's just not enough for us to be able to enjoy it also stabilization and different uh the old the, the tips and tricks that they give us the, for the better images are all done at a lower resolution because they're taking multiple exposures and trying to shoot that many 108 megapixel images is just not going to work as well so i feel like it's a hard comparison to put those two together, but what I would probably say is um, they're both great cameras. I think OnePlus is using the best fu uh, functions within the uh, basically the 48 megapixel sensor that you have back there. Uh, and I wish that we would have had obviously uh, 8K uh, recording, but that could also come back in the future and we'll see. And keep in mind, uh, the OnePlus 8 Pro has two 48 megapixel sensors, not one. How fast? Uh, so let's go ahead and look quick. So Steve is asking us, how fast is uh, how fast is five G on all of the five G uh, comp compatible phones that you have? I doubt that Verizon five G is even uh, available in in the suburbs area. So actually, you're right. Yeah, five G for for actually in the LA area, I think Verizon, if they have any support for five G, has been in downtown LA and I think in specifically very close area to one of their stores. And that was my main experience with five G on on Verizon. Um, in the U.S., for me, let's go ahead and switch over real quick. I can share with you. Yeah, this is this is very typical. So here's the OnePlus 8, uh, 8 Pro, and uh, this is just a quick kind of example of how the speed tests are. Uh, we'll jump over here. Uh, I think in when I was able to run the OnePlus 7 Pro 
5G on Sprint. That was the one that we, uh, Juan Carlos and I went over last year to check out. That one was able to give me about 200 to 300 megabits down. Uh, on a really, really good day, I'm running between 80 to 134 on the OnePlus 8 Pro. So you notice here, I'm able to hit 83 even though I was on LTE, and of course, a little bit higher when I'm on 5G. And uh, that was roughly around the time when I first started doing speed tests. Initially, when we first got our units, the OnePlus 8 Pros, uh, the 5G antennas were not enabled. So they they needed to give us a 5G boost. Once we got that with the update, all of those things kind of changed. So um, it depends on the market that you're in. I have a buddy of mine that lives in the uh, in Kuwait that every time I show him my speed tests, he laughs at me. He's like, that is not fast. We have faster than that. So it, this is fast for us in the US, but th there's no reason why we couldn't hit those speeds with LTE either. So I feel like it's getting better but I wouldn't necessarily call it like, you know, what most people think when we say 5G. I think the Sprint merger with T-Mobile, once we start seeing some of their bands activated here in the area, now I live, as, as Steve was mentioning, I live more in the in the suburbs area. Uh, this is, we'll, we'll definitely see some of the benefit there, but uh, easy, I'm able to easily pull in a couple of hundred when I'm in downtown, when I'm in the downtown area. Uh, so Matt Tyler wants to know, uh, what do you think about the Xperia Pros DAC will be, the pros and cons? Uh, so honestly, the fact that we're getting the headphone jack back, I think is a great experience. I feel, I feel like Sony took that out and they're finally listening to their to their fan base. Uh, my hope is that they implement something, a solution, a solution that's closer to what's in LG's system and not necessarily just rely on the standard Qualcomm DAC. Although to, to, be, to be fair, uh, Qualcomm's audio processing on the 865 has actually improved quite quite a bit. So we we're not necessarily getting a bad experience, uh, but again, having a dedicated quad DAC on a device is always going to be something that we appreciate and we obviously value a lot more. So I, I, that's my hope for uh, for Sony. It, they've been kind of quiet for the last I would say about a month or so. Um, we had a chance to talk to. Uh, we we saw the announcement. Obviously, we saw the, the you know the tweets and so on. Everybody was talking about it. I talked to them a little bit after that, shortly after, and then they kind of been quiet. So I, I may have to poke around, poke around a little bit and see what they're having to offer. So we'll have to see how things go there. Uh, I miss the OG uh, CM theme, and ah oh, man, see, cyanogen mod. Come on, everybody. So if if you're in Android and you love modding, you know the value of CM. So yeah, no, I I loved CM. So rest, yeah, definitely rest in peace, CM eleven themes. Uh, it was, oh man, yeah. So I miss, uh, th those are some of the things that I really appreciate about CM. It's the level of customizations, the, the ability of installing themes, true themes in there. Um, Pop-up camera or punch hole camera? Uh, I, I, I would go with, I would go with punch hole camera to get the IP68 certification. I love the pop-up camera and I felt like it was a great option. And I feel like Oppo did a really good job with the Find X, uh, the, the shark fin option. I think that was a very unique one. But I feel like once you do that, you get that unique uh, feature, but then you lose water resistance. And to me, a pop-up camera on the top of the phone that is basically an opening for water to come in whenever we're holding it and if we're outside and it's raining, it's great, but I don't feel like it, you know, I feel like we need to go with in display. So basically not a punch hole, but behind the display camera, which I think Oppo did demonstrate end of uh, 2019 with one of their devices. So I'm hoping we'll see that where essentially the camera is sitting behind the display and whenever it's needed, uh, the display basically becomes transparent and then you're able to see it for the camera and then you hide it again. So that, that would be my experience as far as where we need to go. But that will also at least allow us to have the IP68 rating, which I, I appreciate more 
water and as a parent having a kid and going outside like i was like a week ago or so the temperatures here in la were really really hot and we went to the backyard we we're playing with some water balloons we we're playing with some water and i forgot to take my phone out of my pocket again not having to worry about the fact that he hit me with a water balloon and it, you know my basically i was wet that's definitely is appreciated and i feel like i, I don't want to worry about my phone if i fall in the pool it rains those things are appreciated and we have we actually have ip68 on the oneplus 8 and the 8 pro so uh yeah so aditya's uh, kind of coming yeah so kuwait has some ridiculous speeds i think i downloaded an entire android version update in a few minutes on a public wi-fi visit it's crazy it's crazy so like i said every time i post a speed test he uh, a buddy of mine his name is uh, ahmed slor uh, ahmed buraki his his channel is slorks and uh he he just laughs at me he's like you call this speed i'm like you know it's fast for us i don't live in kuwait and i can't it's not like i can connect to kuwait and get the network speeds there oh man uh let's see here uh let's see here uh kapil dagaru habibi uh, tell me about the best mid-range phone right now if you're looking into Android, uh, I think there's there's a few contenders. I think the best one that we we probably would be able to have a better discussion about this is once the Pixel 4a comes out, which by the way, I think should be happening anytime. Uh, realistically, this is the time when we saw the 3a last year. Um, I feel like the on an iPhone side, I think the Pixel SE, sorry, the Pixel SE, Freudian slip. I want to see something like that. But no, uh, the iPhone SE, I think it's a great contender in the Apple uh, ecosystem if you're comfortable with the size. I think on Android, uh, realistically, mid-range, uh, I would definitely consider looking at the Black Shark 3. I would also look at the Red Magic 5G for the mid-range price point that are still giving you flagship specs. The Red Magic 5G for about 500 bucks with 144 hertz display with the 865 with 5G um, and fast internal storage. I think it's a great contender as far as the device. Definitely very, very, very good. Um, they were nice. <laughs> that, that, yeah, no, of course. Having the hidden camera, I feel like aesthetically just looks the best. And the reason why I, I kind of had to say that, because that's kind of like the medium compromise between a pop-up and a, a punch hole camera, right? The pop-up camera on the 7 Pro gave us that full display without any punch hole camera. And it was really, really nice. Stereo speakers, Dolby, all of the good stuff. And then we jump back into the punch hole camera, but I feel like OnePlus did it smart. They put it on the top left, not the top right. So most of us, whenever we take a phone, we always turn it to the left, right? Because we always want to have the buttons on the right side, so the gesture functionality. So I feel like placing it on the bottom left when you're holding it in panorama, uh, it just works much easier because it's sitting in an area of the display that you generally don't pay attention much to anyways. Now, next step would be obviously just hiding it entirely. Uh, if the rumors are true in, let's bring it up here. So Goran says, if the rumors are true, the Nokia 9 2020 should be the first phone with an under display camera. I hope I, I hope Nokia's uh, implementation, from a technology standpoint, I think we've seen it demonstrated, but my hope essentially is that we see it done right. Uh, my hope obviously is in 2020 that we obviously still, still see uh, I'd say better processing, better performance with uh, the Nokia uh, Nokia Nine, well, the Nokia line of devices. So, uh, if they do provide it, I hope they do it really, really nice. 
will the iPhone SE affect the Oppo 8 sale? Honestly, they're not in the same ballpark. They're, they don't compete with each other. Uh, the iPhone SE is seriously considered, uh, it's a small form factor, very, very budget-friendly iPhone. And a person that's looking into an iPhone is not going to be looking at a OnePlus. If it's something that, let's say, you're buying for somebody, generally, if your family is not an iPhone-using family, you're going to probably end up going with you know a good device like a OnePlus 8 if you go into a retail store. So I feel like it's two different camps and they shouldn't be competing with each other much. I, I don't think uh, somebody that's in the market for one would consider the other. They're very different, very different. Oh man, yes, no, definitely. Slorks, I follow him on Instagram, probably after one of your Instagram stories I see in his post. Really, really wish I could understand Arabic. Uh, yeah, uh, he and I speak Arabic, but keep in mind, we actually speak very different dialects. So he speaks Kuwaiti and I speak Lebanese. So, uh, but he's a very, very cool guy. And I learned uh, a lot from him. He's a very, very cool. I, I saw him at, uh, at the Samsung Unpacked in February. That was the last event. That was the last event that happened from anybody. <laughs> and uh, I saw him there and I saw him, some of my, uh, you know, uh, 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 I, I love Qatar Khalifa from uh, from there, as well as, uh, you know, uh, Ahmed Kamen, uh, which is uh, the Android Basha as well. So you guys probably aware, I do have an Arabic channel that I also run uh, that basically covers Arabic content. But it's, again, speak. I speak Lebanese and Lebanese people speak Arabic, French and English sometimes. So it, it gets a little bit messy. Um, so let's open up here. So um, I wouldn't mind a small dim area at the top of the screen uh, compared to completely back hole. So yeah, no, definitely. Having something that at least doesn't interrupt the experience of Android or the way we use our Android devices, I think is always going to be much more appreciated because having it in that spot, especially when it, like you said, if it takes the entire display, you're covering an area where you normally would receive notifications, right? So you're getting a big display. The uh, S20 line of devices decided to go with the camera centered at the top. Uh, I think OnePlus putting it at the top left is really cool, but what I really appreciate is the fact that we are able to go in there and change the different uh, icons. So we can minimize those persistent icons like for uh, NFC, voice over LTE and stuff and appreciate just uh, using the display to the best possible. But uh, we'll have to see what 2020 has to offer. I feel like that's probably going to be something that maybe the T-line of devices from OnePlus will offer us. Um, so let's hear, Steve. Uh, so if you speak Lebanese, do you mind uh, you speak... Yes, I do. Je parle français très bien. Je parle, sorry. So, Berki Arabi, je parle français and I speak English. Ich spreche Deutsch ein bisschen. Ein bisschen. And you hablamos espanol también. Je vis, je vis en, en Amérique. Sorry, putting, being put on the spot. So, je vis en Amérique. Je suis Libanais et on parle trois langues au Liban. Au Liban. L'arabe, le français et l'anglais. Mais l'anglais qu'on qu parle au Liban, c'est l'anglais, l'Angleterre. Ce, ce n'est pas l'anglais de l'Amérique. And when I came here, switching over to the English, obviously, I had to learn the difference between British English and American English because I learned British English first when I was in Lebanon, and then I came here. So that's something um, a lot of people don't uh, realize. Lebanon, Lebanon as a country for me when I grew up, uh, obviously, this is way after uh, I was born way, way later, but... Uh, um, uh, Lebanon was a French colony as well as a British colony over the war, so the First and Second World War. So we have French and English as in, in engraved into our school system. So as you grow up, you learn Arabic, English, and French. Uh, you learn French before English. So yeah, uh, I just never, I don't really do too much of uh, French content, mostly because I just don't have a lot of people that speak French. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I, I understand French very, very nicely, and I really love uh, visiting Paris. And I visited them, I think it was like a couple of years ago. Uh, 
Yeah, no, sorry. It was just being put on the spot, like switching languages. Uh, and of course, living in Southern California, uh, my Spanish understanding is very, very good. I'm I'm able to do conversation, but not deep conversations in Spanish. Um, and I find knowing French helps me understand Spanish a little bit better as well. So always very, very nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> It'd be interesting if we ever did do a video, right? Where I started, where I start the show in French and switch over to Arabic, and just try to see how many people can keep up. But um, yeah, so for mostly, if you guys know, uh, TK Bay is my English channel. Tarek T A R E K Bay is the Arabic channel, and uh, I don't have a I don't have a French channel. No, uh, again, I, I don't I don't think I I would fare well in the uh, having three channels with three different languages. Every time I make a video, I just go crazy making three videos because right now, um, my video production right now really, if like I'm making a video in both English and Arabic, it think of it as entirely doubling two videos. And because I don't make the video and dub it, I actually record an entire separate video. I don't want YouTube algorithm for some reason or another ever to think that I'm uploading the same content on two separate channels. Uh, even though it may cover the same subjects and the same material, it's entirely separately recorded. So everything is separate and everything is in there, good there. So um, uh, history, uh, history lessons as well. Uh, this stream is just packed with information. Yeah, no, that, that's usually how I do it. Um, I don't mind, like I said, I, answering the questions is literally the fun part of this. Uh, recapping some of the stuff going on during the week and talking about some of the main things in the news, obviously really cool. Um, did one of them, didn't want to miss this question from um, Cap, uh, Capitla, Capitla Garou. Hopefully I'm saying it correctly. I'm still using uh, two phones, my Mate 20 Pro. Oh man, I love that phone. And the OnePlus 6T. Do you think it's time to change them? Um, I think on the OnePlus 6T is probably where you're, if, you, if you're thinking of upgrading, is probably that's one of the things you want to keep in mind to, to look into. The, eight, the Mate 20 Pro has some of the best cameras on the market. It has all, a lot of the technical specifications that we're still getting right now. The curved display, the long form factor, wireless charging, reverse wireless charging, 40-watt charging, fast charging on the main battery, and some great optics on the back. So honestly, if you're happy with what you're having with the operating system and you don't feel held back, I don't think you have any problem. I think the Kirin processor is very, very powerful. The 60 has some considerations to look into as far as what you're looking for. Uh, I think it still is a very good, powerful phone, depending again which one is your primary. I, I'm, if I had to, if I had to bet, but I'm not a betting man. I feel like the the 20 Pro is probably your main camera that you use because the seven, the 60 was a great phone, but not necessarily the best cameras. So that that would be my my recommendation if you're looking to upgrade. I would definitely look into the 6T, maybe jumping into the 7, uh, the 7 Pro. I think that one will definitely be good. Um, so here, okay. So uh, Mohammed is asking is, how is the seven? How is the OnePlus Pro able to sell a very low 725 in India despite the hikes of 18% taxes for phones uh, this score? And how much does OnePlus really make per unit uh, for, from, for, from its brothers in the US? Um, so yeah, if you think about it, the fact of the matter is, yeah, when when... When the, the when the pricing first got announced about how the the OnePlus Eight and Eight Pro was going to be priced differently for the Indian market, um, I feel like you have to understand uh, they have a profit margin. They are definitely building on top of that. There's no question they are making money off of these devices. Uh, in the U.S., I think there are certain brand deals and certain things that they're working with, and I think that's probably where that's playing a factor into it. Um, 
I'm not sure if they're they're maybe going in with a smaller profit margin going into the Indian market because they are actually starting to push at the higher market. And the reason I say this is the Indian or the Asian market has a lot more smartphones released more frequently than we do here in the U.S. We don't tend to have you know uh, like the the Xiaomi, the Oppo, the Vivo, all of the other options that you have in the Indian market that we don't have here at all. Um, and, and obviously other devices that are even more lower priced. So they have to compete in a much more crowded environment and go in such a ultra premium side, I think would have affected their approach and obviously their their way of making the impact that they want, which essentially is offering you that premium experience with the 8 Pro. Uh, as far as specific numbers of where and what that obviously comes back to business. Uh, and I'm not sure if it has something to do with maybe there is, uh, you know, some savings that they're able to do by not having to ship it across the sea and tariffs and to bring it into the U.S. Because there's also that factor. Uh, India has its own tariffs, but they have to also pay different things when they're bringing it into the U.S. as well. So not. I wish I had a better answer to say that, but I feel like uh, it definitely does look like a business decision to make sure that they don't alienate that, that market as well. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I wish, I wish I don't speak Hindi. And, uh, unfortunately, so I'm Lebanese. I'm, uh, I was born and raised in Lebanon and came, well, and I came to the U S when I was 17. So for me, uh, the, the reason why I speak the different languages, it's mostly because I grew up with them. So Arabic, French, and English in Lebanon. And then of course, coming to the U S and in Southern California, uh, Spanish is a very prominent language here. So you have to take Spanish. You have to learn, you have to converse. So for me, those are the languages that I generally do use. Um, and the German side of me, mostly because I traveled to Germany quite a bit for uh, just normal day job stuff. So for me, I've been there and uh, I use, uh, I, I've been there for quite some time. Um, this is, oh, and my, my camera is going crazy here. Uh, from the, for the mic is, I'm using the SM7, I think. I'm using the exact mic that uh, Juan Carlos uses. Uh, if you guys are familiar with uh, Juan Carlos Bagnell, some gadget guy, sorry, I got I to gotta quiet the camera here. Otherwise... Uh, this thing is just gonna go crazy. Uh, he, uh, sorry, go ahead here. We'll do this, six in and save it. So he uses the same uh, microphone. This is a, I would say like an older style microphone. It's nothing very professional, but it is an XLR uh, microphone that is using a cloud lifter to increase the audio. Uh, but Juan Carlos projects much louder than me. So uh, when he and I were working on figuring out how to set up the live stream setup here in the office, um, he gave me the setup, but as you notice, my mic is much closer and his is much further away. It's the exact same thing, and it has just a little bit of a screen here on top of it uh, for any kind of like uh, the S's and the P's and so on. So uh, it's very, very nice. I'll try to link it for you. Uh, I'll send I'll send you a link, Aditya, to, to let you know which one is there. Um, so here, I'm a gamer, and I, um, and I do not need to charge my phone, the OnePlus 7 Pro, for almost two to three times a day. Uh, will it affect my battery? Um, and, and I do need, okay. So, Reality, yes. Uh, over time, if your device is consistently running hot all the time, especially when you're charging it because of the amount of energy that's going into it, uh, I think over time, yes, it is going to be basically where your device is going to obviously uh, have a, somewhat of a shorter lifespan. I think that's probably one of the features that some people are asking for from OnePlus to add into the, the next version of Oxygen OS, the ability of changing the charging rate speed. So even though we have the Warp Charge 30T, Give us the ability of charging our device at a slightly slower pace but maintaining battery health uh 
haven't actually seen any studies done exactly on how, what the percentage of degradation on battery is since the 7 Pro is only about a year old. So you should still be able to get the most amount of capacity on it anyways. Uh, but I think overall, if you're playing games and you're plugging in the game, so you're plugged in when you're playing games, uh, that's going to be something that you want to keep in mind uh, that could also factor in as far as battery health. But unfortunately, I haven't seen any studies to specifically talk to uh, you know OnePlus line of devices. Uh, uh, Apple's been in the news much more as far as battery issues over time. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I haven't heard that one before. What is that? Uh, just asked you how how's it hanging? Oh, Vigets. See, I see. I usually say Vigets like uh, uh, in in German. <laughs> uh, so here, let's look real quick. English equals you explain too good. <laughs> Dude, I appreciate it. Um, I work with the Amish and I love a lot. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That that actually they do speak uh, Dutch. So it, I, my experience has been mostly in actually in Germany, in, uh, in Berlin, in Munich. Uh, as you guys probably saw a few years ago, we covered, uh, you know, IFA from Berlin. So that to me, it's, it's always been really nice uh, being able to go there. Um, it's almost much better if you don't charge it to 100% every time or uh, if yes, no, no, definitely. Um, if you do charge your device to 100%, don't leave it on the charge. So don't leave it on the charger sitting at 100% for an extended amount of time. There's no reason, obviously, that you don't want to. But the best performance, it's always been uh, known as basically somewhere between the 20% to 80 to 90%, nothing above that as far as for better for best performance over time. Um, so let's keep looking here. Oh, they speak Pennsylvanian Dutch. I'll have to look that up. I'll have to ch uh, check the to see what well, not to see to hear what it sounds like, uh, but that that is definitely very very interesting. Um, the word is not to go below twenty uh, to charge over eighty. So it is eighty percent. Yeah, I think I forgot. Uh, it, it I've seen it where it's, the twenty percent is generally what they say is so don't let it drop below twenty and don't go over uh, over eighty. And coincidentally, that's if you think about it. Um, it's also around the rough range of where the battery performance as far as charging speed is the best on any of the devices. They generally, uh, at around 50 to 75%, they start thr uh, throttling the charging speed. So where most devices will charge very fast up to 50, you know, they'll say like 50% in 30 minutes, but then it takes like another 45 minutes to, to go to 100. So that's one of the reasons why. Um, let's see here. Which is better? Do you think the OnePlus 8 or the Mi 10 Pro or, or the X2 Pro? So it, I personally, so I haven't had a chance to play with the, uh, the Mi 10 Pro. I played around with the Mi 10. So I have the Mi 10 in the house and I've been uh, trying to finish up my review for that one. Um, right now, if you had to compare, I think the OnePlus 8 Pro and the uh, X2 Pro are obviously very much neck and neck where it comes down to basically speed and performance. I feel like OnePlus has a better custom skin on Android and much more focused speed uh, configuration for the operating system. I feel like Oppo does a little bit better maybe as far as image processing with their cameras. And as far as me, uh, the Xiaomi phone right now, I think it's a really good combination of different options. We have the high megapixel sensor, uh, we have the ability of basically recording 8K. Uh, but what I see essentially is just the, the, the market uh, availability. I feel like Xiaomi has been known for providing us uh, budget line devices over the years, and they're starting to creep into the $1,000 a little bit more with the Mi 10 Pro. So it depends on the market. I think 
all three devices perform well. Uh, all three have very similar specifications with the exception, obviously, of the Mi 10 Pro. It doesn't go to 120 hertz. It just goes to 90. So it depends on what you're looking for. I feel like uh, as far as a well-rounded device, um, if you're focused on, on speed, you're going to go with OnePlus. If you're focused on image processing, I think Xiaomi and uh, the uh, Oppo X2 Pro will definitely perform uh, good. I'm not saying that OnePlus is not great. I'm just saying head-to-head -head comparison. That's how I've seen them in the past. I haven't used the X2 Pro. My buddy Josh has, and um, if I'm able to get my hands on it, I'll definitely do a comparison for you guys. Definitely. Uh, Vegeta or Son Goku? Oh. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> my answer to you, my friend, is Goku. Always Goku. Always bet on Goku. Um, I feel like Vegeta and Goku are, are, are the best... If anything, they're the best teammates. I feel like it's it's this this power struggle between uh, you know Vegeta, the arrogance Vegeta has, and his his Saiyan pride, and then of course having Goku that basically just has natural abilities and natural tenacity to be able to just push himself over and over and over. Um, I feel like between the two, they help each other. They perform really well together, and I feel like they're great buddies. Uh, so it's, to me, uh, the combination of a, of a lifetime as far as having a friend that's able to push you and make you better. Uh, but if I had to pick one or the other, Alter Instinct, Goku, no questions asked. He's on the wall. He's there. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't think Goku was going to get into the conversation. Oh, well, man. Yes, no, definitely. Uh, sounds like you're using your smartphone as a webcam uh, for now. Some people are actually, you're able to start using it. Uh, I mean, there's no reason why you can't. Um, I, I know a couple of mine, a couple of buddy of mine are using their iPhones actually as webcams on their, uh, on their, on their laptop for live streaming. There's no reason why you don't, you, you don't have a way of using it. I think our smartphones now are so good that you're basically able to configure it. I think the V60 is really shines really well if you want to use it like that and juan carlos is using that he's been using the uh, hdmi output from the v60 to a monitor to basically kind of like have it as a flip out display so he can see himself while recording video with the v60 and of course external audio Aditya Anil, Vegeta all the way. If you give me uh, if you give me Piccolo as a choice i will go with him my man Piccolo has been ignored too much you know, believe it or not, yeah. Ever since, ever since he kind of they 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 moved his character to be more of a mentor position. You know, he basically became Gohan teacher and kind of like that that storyline kind of just evolved in that. Because at the beginning, if you remember, he was one of the main enemies of Goku, right? He he literally wanted to kill him. Um, and there's that whole episode with him and Goku and Raditz uh, where he actually does get a chance to kill him. <laughs> and he, but. Uh, we're, we can make another whole podcast if you guys want to want to talk Goku and stuff. That 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 could be a, a long long conversation. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, we'll take a couple more questions. I just realized we went over the two hours and ten minutes. I I can never. I, I, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I honestly thought we were gonna do an hour. And 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 Juan does the exact same thing. Yeah, no. So uh, sorry, uh, Lavar Kumar. Real quick, I'll, I'll jump back where you real quick. So. Um, Steve is saying Piccolo is the best dad. So let's jump back real quick. So he meant dad, not day. Hands down, yes. If there is ever a father figure character in the Dragon Ball saga, you, basically in the entire manga, Piccolo is the guy because he evolved from his initial, uh, you know, uh, strife for power and, and basically uh, having Goku pass away and having to take responsibility for Gohan to get the planet ready before Frieza, uh, uh, sorry, not Frieza, before Vegeta was supposed to be coming here, obviously, to destroy everything. This is way back in the Dragon Ball uh, saga. Um, 
you started to see some of the appreciation of how he was teaching the hard lessons and keeping an eye on Gohan as he was making these different mistakes and learning how to use his power and, and focus his power. Because everybody knows, obviously, the, the untapped power of Gohan. And uh, even when we went with the Cell Saga and Goku even re realized it and stepped away and let Gohan kick Cell's butt. Uh, and I will not say the other word, but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, TK, one question. Uh, oh, sorry. You know what? I just realized I skipped over. Uh, let me see the issue uh, with the OnePlus 7T regarding uh, the two security with compared to the old phones with Apple. Why is Android not, not that secure as iOS? Android does have a lot of security features. And I think what you noticed is with the 7T uh, is the fact that the security updates are coming in. We do get updates. I think there is just such a fragmentation of the ecosystem within Android and the fact that not everybody's using stock AOSB-based experience. Uh, that's generally what things change. It's not that Android is, uh, is not secure. Android does come with security patches, but operating system or OEMs when you're buying a phone, and, and this comes with part of the, the fact that they do modify the essential code when it's not you know line by line. They add, They are adding features. They're changing certain things. I think that's sometimes where some vulnerabilities and where they're able to open up certain exploits. Of course, there are some things that are obviously inherent to Android as well. I'm not just saying it's one over the other. Uh, iOS is just more locked down because of just, again, it's much more, there's not that much fragmentation. Apple releases all the phones. It's not like Apple, Motorola, and everybody kind of like talking that. So that's the general, the difference between the two. Not one better than over the other. Um, so Goran's asking us one question. What phone left... Uh, left the best impression on you of all time. Ah, oh, man. So if I had to pull an Android phone, it to, to this day, the M7. And, and I'm not saying that because yours is the M7 as well. I the 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 HTC so HTC as as a, as as phone as a phone company, obviously they're not as as well known or they're not as as much in the public eye as they used to be. Um, HTC carried us through a lot to get us to where we are now. And a lot of people may not recognize that, mostly because of the availability. But um, back when H Windows uh, Windows Mobile was a main thing, the HTC Touch was one of my favorite phones. Uh, when uh, Android devices started becoming uh, more available, the HTC One or the X the Nexus One is uh, is obviously a big phone for me. And I think I showed you guys that one last week on the, on the live stream. It's, it's oh, sorry, it's sitting somewhere over there and I don't wanna take a chance of messing things up. Um, so HTC M7 was the biggest imp uh, impact on me because of the way it did stereo sound. It went away from having this mono speaker that's firing away from us or the mono speaker that's firing to the back of devices. I mean, at one point we had speakers that were facing backwards, which to me made no sense. Uh, but those are the things that we had to go through. And then when that came out with the display and the technology that we got there and the UI with the HTC Touch options, um, I think that was the biggest impact on me overall from an innovation standpoint. Uh, there's uh, there's other HTC devices that came out as well that also impressed me, but I feel like if I had to pull back on it, I think that would be one of my favorite ones. And I still actually own my M7. So my M7 is sitting here. I just haven't powered it on for some time. So I, I really would love that phone. Uh, Vegeta, uh, Vegeta, Reality Go uh, Vegeta Reality Goku gives too many villain chances for me. So it depends on depends on what you see. Yeah, I mean, at at, at one point Vegeta was uh, was a villain, obviously, right? His introduction into the uh, into the saga was 
uh, mostly him being sent. He, obviously, they were part of the scouts that were already, you know, dispersed before Planet Vegeta exploded. And then he came to to uh, to Earth uh, mostly because uh, Raditz failed, right? He sent out that distress signal. Vegeta was coming there, uh, so it was more in there in that experience. And then obviously, as time went on, uh, he learned to appreciate Earth. He married uh, somebody from the planet, obviously, and he has kids. So those are the things that you want to appreciate: is the fact that. He he can grow. He can learn. He learned to grow and become a better person. I think that's why people appreciate Vegeta, and it's because he's always been kind of like you know he always wants to push himself, but he feels like you know Goku just does it so effortlessly that it's a little bit harder for him. But it, that that's also why people relate to Vegeta. So if you guys don't know, Juan Carlos is a big Vegeta fan. This is Team Goku. <laughs> oh man, no, I don't want. But I don't want to get this to be more of a uh, you know another hour or so. Of this one. Uh, Periodic, it looks really good. Uh, oh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so which one do you think it's a better chipset for manufacturers? Snapdragon, MediaTek, uh, Helio. So size asking about the processing power of what we see in right now. Um, it's a little bit early to, to, to put a very much a straight answer. I mean, if we, let's just, let's say this. If we were talking pre-2020 in 2019 and earlier, I feel like MediaTek was a great uh value processor and MediaTek was actually in so many devices that you probably didn't even realize MediaTek was in uh prior to the beginning of 2020 uh because of mostly because of the uh the dimension the, the the I want to say the dimension 1000 the new chipset from uh from MediaTek that they're trying to basically be more competitive with the flagship uh, Snapdragon processors so I feel like MediaTek has always been a great processor for low end, uh, I would say low to mid uh, budget price point I've seen many companies TCL used them in the past as well for tablets um, there, nothing's wrong with them. It's just that they're generally just not very more, very focused on performance, more about power, power consumption. So they were low power, uh, very, very good processing. And they were available in quite a, quite actually a lot of markets as overall, like Europe and, and even Asia in the U S we found them more in like Amazon and, uh, I would say basically Alexa based, uh, accessories. So we've seen them in different smart accessories, even TVs as processing powers, um, Right now, in early 2020, we need to see how the uh, the new chipset is going to be performing. I still think Snapdragon is is holding actually a pretty good lead against Exynos, against MediaTek, and um, it's a little bit neck and neck with uh, with Kirin, depending on the market uh, where you're using it. I feel like the Kirin 990 is a very good seven nanometer chipset. The 865 does the exact same thing. It's another seven nanometer chipset, so it's a little more neck and neck there. But between the Helio, so MediaTek and, and Snapdragon, I feel like MediaTek is catching up, but it's just not there yet. Uh, so here, another question real quick here from Ganesh. Uh, the OnePlus 8 Pro 5G, uh, is it better uh, than other 5G phones? Uh, if we're only talking 5G connectivity, it depends on where you're getting it. I feel like, yes. It, I mean, if you think about the fact that um, the processing power that you have in there is married with the 865, some other manufacturers may give you the, let's say the 765 with 5G. So you can definitely get the benefit, obviously, of the 865 there. Uh, if you're comparing it to other 865 devices, like let's say the Redmi, Ma the, sorry, the Red Magic 5G and uh, the, uh, let's say even the, I think the Black Shark 3 that has 5G as well for, that are cheaper, it's kind of a toss-up. Really more about compatibility with the market that you're in. They're really, that's that's the best way to describe it. Uh, why does the Exynos suck so much compared to the Snapdragon? And and I know I know what you're talking about, Matt, because I I think I caught that one before in one of your streams where I think you have a I think you have an Exynos version of the Note 10, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, Honestly, I feel like it's it's more about 
it's hard to kind of quantify it specifically, but Exynos has been lacking a couple of years because at one point Exynos used to be the main thing, right? Samsung developed the Exynos for the for the European market, and uh, they actually did used to outperform the uh, the US variant. People used to want to bring in the Exynos model, and I think at some point Snapdragon kind of just took over and they just started to, to do more innovation. Uh, I'm not sure if it's truly a uh, processor hardware issue or more so basically the optimizations that they need to do for Android. But sadly, it's been something that we've seen as, you know, in the market. Uh, Exynos not necessarily performing as well. Uh, but not only that, it's noticeably not well. It's not like it was just a little bit on the benchmarks. I'm like People can notice it using the phone. So I'm not sure. And uh, my hope essentially is if, if Samsung realizes that this is a somewhat of an issue, that it's hurting their sales, that they could just go Snapdragon everywhere. There's no reason. Uh, the price point is pretty much the same. Uh, and unless there is some kind of a cost va value there that they're benefiting from it, because they, they are offering both, uh, I would definitely recommend them just going there. It's just sticking with the Snapdragon. Oh, man. Um, so... Here, uh, so you guys, if is the OnePlus 8 5G worth it to finance on T-Mobile, uh, or get the V60 since I can, uh, since I can't pay for parts for the eight uh, for the unlocked 8 Pro right now? Um, the OnePlus 8 5G. So, if you're in the so okay, if you're considering one or the other, I would probably say uh, look at the the main features that you're 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 wanting to get there. They both of them for the eight and the eight, so the eight five G and the uh, I think the V sixty are selling roughly about the same price. I think the eight five G starts at six ninety nine, which is about a hundred bucks cheaper. So if the price point is truly the factor, that's going to be the one win there. Um, but if you're able to go to the seven ninety nine, I feel like the V sixty would probably give you uh, better microphones, a headphone jack, wireless charging, and reverse wireless charging. So those are things that I feel like are a little bit more functional um, in the long term. <coughs> Sorry about that. So just something to keep in mind. I think the eight, the eight five G and the V sixty will both be really good. And I'm not sure. Again, if you may want to double check and see if still uh, T Mobile is offering the buy one get one free. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, the eight Pro right now, I probably if you're if you want if you're able to hold out a little bit, give it some time. The, you may be able to find a good price on the secondary market for the eight Pro in the near future. Uh, once people start getting them, and then obviously people are trying to resell them. Hopefully that answered the question there. Uh, take care, everyone. Yeah, no, definitely. Harvey wants to say goodbye. Uh, I realize, yeah, we're, oh man, I'm at almost at the two, two hour and 30 minutes. So with that one, um, well, I'll answer one one last question here from uh, from Ganesh. Uh, so the upcoming smartphone, upcoming generations of smartphones possible to use a PC level graphics, any idea? Uh, I'm from India, safe, uh, stay safe, TK team and all the others uh, we're praying. Oh, definitely, man. I, I hope I, I'll, I hope for everybody, obviously, that things will, will get better for us as well. Um, right now, I would probably say if you're considering getting a smartphone, uh, realistically performance, once you get a smartphone that has somewhat of a desktop experience into it, uh, and I'm talking about basically, basically Samsung devices that have DeX, Huawei devices that have EMUI desktop, and in the near future, we are going to be able to see Android-based devices, again, like the OnePlus 7 Pro here, or even the V60, supporting a desktop experience in uh you're actually going to be able to get a pretty comparable experience to what a standard laptop is the price of these smartphones are getting to the point where they're same roughly about the same price as a, as a laptop and 
most of us check our emails on our smartphones, listen to music on our smartphones, we're watching content on our smartphones, and we're doing so many things on our smartphone. The only thing that's kind of holding us back with a, what the experience from a laptop is giving you there, it's the fact that you're not able to basically get a bigger display there. Now, bringing in desktop-level GPUs to the Android ecosystem, I feel like what Snapdragon is doing right now, what Qualcomm is trying to do, is the ability of updating drivers for our GPUs the way we do it on our desktop. Uh, the ability of having 144 hertz display refresh rate on the smartphone, similar to the way we have it on our desktops. We're seeing that gap being very small. Um, Juan Carlos did a few videos um, where he proved, basically, pre literally proved that processing power on smartphones outpaces certain laptops, Ultrabook laptops that he has. So I think we're almost there to the point where we are able to get the same experience, but not necessarily desktop hardware in a smartphone. I think it just needs to be tailored to the market that you're in. The H65 with the X55 chip is very, very nice. Having that on, in conjunction with a desktop experience is just going to be phenomenal. So absolutely fantastic. I hope that answers your question. Uh, so yes. So with that, um, I yes, two hours and 24 minutes. Uh, I'm going to say thank you very much to everybody. Um, please, please make sure, obviously, uh, be safe. Uh, take care of yourself. Uh, check in on your friends and family to make sure everybody is keeping keep in touch with everybody. And we'll hopefully see how things go in the near future. Um, keep an eye out on the t uh, on the t 10L. There's going to be more content. I, I don't know if you guys could see that there. Basically, uh, here it is. Display greatness. This is a display manufacturer that made a roughly $250 phone. So you know they know what they're doing. So TCL, definitely very excited about the 10L. Uh, and I want to be able to spend some more time with it. There was an update that they pushed out this morning. Uh, cannot wait to get always on display without having to modify my Android device on, an, on a OnePlus device. So definitely really, really happy and excited about that. And of course, be able. hopefully we'll see a Dex-like experience uh, or desktop experience. I don't think it will ever be called OnePlus Dex because of Dex being a Samsung thing. So it'll probably be called maybe OnePlus Desktop or something like that. Uh, but yeah, stay safe. Thank you very much for everybody. Uh, the link for the audio podcast will be up hopefully within the next 30 minutes as soon as it's done processing here on the, on the StreamYard. And I'll basically, it's available on on all iTunes, Google Play, a podcast, um, Spotify, and Pocket Casts. So I feel like with that one, I kind of covered everybody. And of course, you guys can catch the other uh, podcasts that we did last week with uh, Juan Carlos and the week before that with uh, Joshua Vergara. Uh, and then don't forget, tomorrow I will be on um, Matt, Matt Tyler's uh, podcast. So check it out. I'll try to tweet out to you guys. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as TKDSL8655. And as you know, TK Bay here on YouTube. And if you want to follow Arabic content, it is available on Tarek Bay, T-A-R-E-K Bay uh, on, on YouTube as well. And with that, I'm go ahead and end it. Uh, have a good day, good night, good morning to wherever you are in the world. We had some people from all around the world, and I'm very, very blessed and very thankful that you guys were able to join me. It was a very big, very big highlight of my day. And again, I love, I love living in the comments and going through the questions that you guys have. It just makes everybody, um, it just makes everything better. Anyways, good night, have a good day, and I'll see you guys in the next video.